Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 141. 141. One day I shall come back. Oh dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy-do-who fans. We've all had a cracking week and you've not been too scared. That's quite a creepy one this week. Mm, creaky floorboards, thunder and lightning. Had the old lot, didn't it? The old lot going on. Mm. Yes. So if you, uh, our fantastic listeners have had a, a good week, and I assume that you've done something Doctor Who related, seeing as there's a new series of Doctor Who on the telly, and mm. unless you're like Adam, of course, and the first few episodes, episodes you just jetted off to uh, various locations. <laughs> Foreign land. And, and missed yeah. them all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, thank you. A uh, big wave to new listeners. We seem to have a bunch of um, of new listeners on board, so welcome. And uh, a big smile to old grizzled ancients as well. <laughs> Those of you that have been with us for a while. <laughs> thank you. Yes, coming up in today's show, I've uh, got a few news bits. Some interesting Torchwood news. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, we're going to see if Adam gets excited by some canine movie update news. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, an old classic, an old classic figure. It's got a nice little award. Mm. Uh, but first, how have you been, my old friend? I've been very good, thank you. Yeah, so I've had a good week actually. Um, I've managed to get a couple of Doctor Who things in this week. Um, I haven't jetted off to any foreign countries this week (laughs) so i I did get to watch uh, doctor who go out live which was great um was so buzzing for this episode actually it was Mm -hmm. was great um so to actually watch it going out um but yeah i've also managed to fit in a bit of big finish because uh, i've been slipping really behind with the big finish listening um because their output is just incredible uh at the moment isn't it um, so mm-hmm. I listened to a couple yeah. of Jago and Lightfoot. They did a couple of short stories um, featuring the Tenth Doctor, All which right. came yeah. out a couple of—is it a couple of months ago? They're quite recent, so they were called Act One and Act Two. Um, stupidly, I, because he's because he's got the picture of the Tenth Doctor on the cover, I assumed he was going to sort of be in it because um, because obviously David Tennant's done some big finish stuff. So I thought he was just going to have a couple of lines in it or would at least feature in it, but he doesn't actually. It's actually um, uh, the actors themselves doing the voice. So oh, okay. uh, Trevor, right. Trevor Baxter and um, uh, Benjamin, what's his name? Forgotten his name. Uh, but yeah, it's the Jago and Lightfoot guys. Uh, and they're really good fun. They're only 25 minutes each. Um, and it's just a nice little 
fun story and they're really good to listen to uh those two on on audio so that was good I managed to get act one and act two done while doing a bit of ironing oh nice uh, so i found yeah so that was cool um and also something arrived i don't know if you saw my facebook but something i've wanted for a very long time oh, yeah. and thanks to you <laughs> thanks to you buddy i now have him yay i have the malice yay i've got him i got him from the who shop nice one um because he he, he goes for about 100 and 100 odd quid on ebay and as much as i want him i'm not paying that uh more out of principle because he was about 40 pounds i think when he was released and i just yeah it just i wasn't going to pay some inflated price so yeah you said that the who shop had got him in stock so i've been mm-hmm. checking their website checking their website and he's, he's been showing us out of stock for weeks even after you said they'd got him so I thought, I know, I'll use the good old-fashioned telephone. I'll, I'll give him a call. <laughs> and I spoke to a guy, and he was like, uh, hang on, I think we've got one. <laughs> I could hear a lot of rustling. He's like, yeah, we got a Malice. I was like, oh, um, well, I'd like to order him. Should I do it with you on the phone? He's like, no, hang on, I'll put him on our assist- on the computer. So while I was on the phone to him, he added him online. And then I immediately bought him online. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah. That was cool. He's still a bit more expensive than he was originally. So he was like um they were selling him for 69.99 so 70 quid and and then 10 pound postage which wow. was a bit mm, i know 10 pounds i know well it was recorded how much is a uh, train ticket <laughs> well i know but i was like oh but it was still a lot cheaper than so i got it for 79 quid basically but still a lot cheaper than um than ebay right. um right. so yeah it was yeah. still still expensive don't get me wrong i was still like oh. but you know it's the end of the month i've just been paid and i have wanted him forever um, and I just thought I'd get him while I while they'd got him because I think they'd only got one in their cabinet by the sounds of it. So I don't right. know. Next time you go, you'll have to check to see if they've if they've brought another one up from behind the counter. So next time you go in Who Shop, have a look and see if they've got one because you never know they might have more. But um, yeah, I'm very pleased with him. I have to say he's a lot. He's quite small. Mm-hmm. He's nowhere near as big as 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 um, I sort of imagined because mm-hmm. I suppose because the TARDIS is such a big piece. Um, True. I expected yeah. him to sort of be half the size of it, and he's actually more a quarter of a size of it. But yeah, great little figure, and I'm really chuffed to finally got him. So thanks for the tip off. No worries, dude. Uh, our good old mates at the Who Shop. Um, actually, talking to them, um, you were joined in a conversation on Twitter with me and Clayton Hickman the other night, didn't you, about the TARDIS she's got in there? Yes, yeah. Which was really interesting, mm. I thought. I don't know if you managed to follow the whole thread because lots of other people were jumping in, and Twitter can sometimes be a bit strange it doesn't always show you all the comments does it so um but but basically because me and you have always said she's got a large prop in this inside the shop and it says on it this is the tardis from the peter cushion movies that's right yep. and we've always said no it is and it doesn't, it doesn't look, look right it doesn't look like it no it doesn't look like it and i was thinking it might be the mcgann one or something i we, we could never place it um well clayton hickman obviously massively involved in doctor who and he's the expert of the the tardis mm-hmm. um and him and another guy whose name I've completely forgotten, um, who's also very enthusiastic about, you know, Tony these Farrell. things. That's it, Tony yep. Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, basically confirmed that um, although she refuses to admit it, it's not <laughs> it is not the the box used in the in the Dalek Invasion Earth and uh, and the other cushion movie. It's actually um I think it's a Shepperton Studios police box prop that was used in their films i don't think it actually appeared in doctor i'm not sure i don't want to say too much because i got it wrong but it was just cool to actually have a chat with those guys who really know what they're talking about and we've it's something that we've been on about for a while and i mean it's bugged me for ages every time i go in i just look at it and i'm like 
It's a great police box. Oh, it is. Yeah. But it's yeah. definitely not the cushion one. It, uh, yeah. So it's cool to have a Twitter chat with those guys. Yeah. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Because the, the, the kind of, if, if anyone's never been to the who shop, the, the, the sort of people that you get in there, they, they are, I mean, you do get the odd person that goes in there that just has a look around. Who's, you know, mm. likes Doctor Who, but is not, you know, wouldn't label them as a, a hardcore fan as such. But yeah. they do get a large portion of fans in there who really know their stuff. So it seems bizarre to me that she still carries on this charade. That mm. it's, it's the police box from the, the Cushy movie. Because, uh, you know, my, my knowledge of, of different TARDIS models is reasonable, but it's nowhere near that of some people. And, and I immediately thought that doesn't look like the, the Cushing uh, TARDIS. No, no. You know, so when you get people in there that really do know their stuff, surely, you know, they they'll take one look at it as I did and thought, mm, I yeah, don't right. think that's the case. But she's adamant, isn't she? She's she's sticking to her guns. Well, I think yeah. I can only assume that when she bought it, that she bought it, she must have been told. She got by whoever she, yeah, <laughs> she got told that's the cushion box, and it it's probably a genuine mistake. I mean. It, it, you know, Shepperton Studios and um, who made the Cushion movies? It's, um, not Ealing, was it? it was um, I don't know, but there was you know lots of the companies like that around at the time that would have had these props, and it's probably a very genuine mistake. But it mm-hmm. it's just good to know because you know, uh, us Doctor Who fans, we like you said, we do get like every time I go in, I look at it, we do get embroidered in uh, wanting to know these things, and I have genuinely just wanted to know if it was or wasn't for quite some time sad mm-hmm. as that may seem so it's yeah it's really cool to have a little ch- uh, twitter chat with clayton um i i you know he's he's so good on twitter he, he's always posting pictures of like um little oddities to do with the tardis like in legopolis the little key latch swap sides mm-hmm. uh, swaps yeah. doors and and he was saying but how does it why you know like how many props did they have and stuff like that and yeah for 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 a big geek like myself i just I just love going through his his Twitter feed and uh, seeing all that. So yeah, it was really cool to get clarification. So now we know. I'm not uh, I'm not brave enough to tell her though, because um, well, she's a nice yeah. lady, but uh, you wouldn't mess with her. That's <laughs> the thing. She's a lovely lady, and whenever yeah. whenever I'm in there, she's always chatting to people. She's very friendly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine if you said to her, "That's not the that's not the Tardis you think it is," you'd be yeah, you'd be in the in the gallows pretty quick. I've just got a vision of yeah, you just you just be ejected from the building at a uh, hundred miles, you thrown out onto the street. Yeah, yeah. No, I really so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, apart from yeah, apart from chatting with Clayton and a bit of big finish and and just basically just staring at the malice endlessly. <laughs> um, yeah, I have That's that's what I've been up to. So it's been quite a good week. Uh, the only other thing that's arrived, which has taken me a bit by surprise, is. Um, the figure of the destroyer you know that you know this doctor who figurine magazine oh yes it comes yeah. out every couple of weeks and you get like a little figure with it I, I i just buy the ones i want i don't subscribe to it so i just because they're a bit hit and miss and they're always of a reasonable standard i would say but then some of them are better than others the destroyer arrived yesterday morning i've got to just say they've outdone themselves it is amazing I was like, wow, Eagle Moss, you have knocked yourself out of the park with this one. It is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the destroyer from the episode Battlefield, isn't it? That's right. Yes, the one that's yep. all big horns and mm-hmm. all that at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frothing at the mouth guy, <laughs> chained up. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible, mate. It's such a good figure. And it's like eight ninety nine, really good price. So 
Um, I know we've got a few listeners who like Battlefield. If you can find that figure, I think Smith sometimes have them. He's brilliant. Uh, he's, he's for the money. He's absolutely <laughs> amazing little figure. So, and he's got proper chains and everything. Yeah, it's as if they've really upped their game with that one. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so I, yeah. I was pretty surprised because I ordered him and I just thought it'd be the usual, you know. And I opened him yesterday and I was like, wow, he's really cool. <laughs> so he's gone on the shelf. Ah, oh, brilliant. He's been unboxed. He's been actually taken out of his box because he's too good to keep boxed. On the shelf, of course. Yeah, he's on the shelf. So yeah. that's me, mate. That's my week. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not much, mate. Very, very quiet week for me. Who wise? Yeah. Um, I've watched our review episode a couple of times. Yeah. Off of the old Skybox. Um, I've a couple of things. I, I think I'm going to get lynched here for saying this. Oh dear. I, I think I'm going to be shot at close range <laughs> for this. So a few weeks. Well, I think it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, two weeks ago. I told you guys that I had ordered the 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 amazing mystery box. Oh yeah, yeah. The Doctor Who themed one that the guys at the Amazing Mystery Box.co.uk are doing. And I am shamed to tell you that it's still sitting there, taped up, <laughs> n- unopened. Because I thought, right, this is a great excuse to do a live stream and and little mini review and so on. I just haven't had a, a the time to to do it. I so, was going to ask you actually what happened about that. Yeah. Yes, and the sad thing is I got an email to say you're mystery box renewal has gone through so i'm going to get a second one oh, no. turn up in the next few days and that's going to sit there <laughs> underneath the the one i originally got so i i will definitely do a a live stream and unbox it all and show you, you guys so you'll just be behind it just be just be see the top of your head behind all these boxes <laughs> it, it's just really frustrating because in a way it's okay because it's <laughs> You know, it's it's sitting there bubbling under the surface, like you know that's coming. It's going to be cool, but yeah. you know, I expect a lump, and a lot of our listeners would think, "What is wrong with him?" You mm. know, we're talking about Doctor Who merch, and it's sat there unopened. So I'm very sorry. That will that will be done soon. Um, and the only other thing I've done is order a bit of big finish. Ordered um, the classic Doctor's New Monsters Volume Two box, oh, set, yeah. which I believe yeah. is out in July. Is it June? July? It's July. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another couple of bits, which I can't remember right now, but uh, fairly easy week me fairly quiet cool yeah. yeah building up the suspense for that mystery box so i can't wait to see what's actually in it yeah yes well actually talking of these kind of boxes these mystery blind box crate loot things hmm. um i noticed something you know the bbc have launched an official one over with the guys over at nerd block in the yeah. us yeah and uh i was sort of i'm in an iron whether to order the first one just to see what it's like and I looked on, we, we, we frequent a website, don't we, called um, the Doctor Who site. And they've got a really oh, good merchandise. Such a good website. I love that website. It's great, isn't it? And it's always updated with merch and so on. Mm. And I saw a note on there, which I didn't see on the actual Nerdblock website. It may be on there. I just couldn't find it. But it said, UK buyers, please note that it ships out of the warehouse in Canada. And there's a 20% vat to pay on that mm. because it's coming into the uk plus there's an eight pounds royal mail handling charge so i thought mm, that kind of pushes me over the limit that i want to pay for a, a box you know yeah of, of stuff that you don't know what's in it i mean i know that's the point but it's a bit of a risk i don't mind paying like the, the mystery box the amazing mystery box stuff i think that was 25 quid so that's kind of within my you know budget i want to spend on that sort of thing but i think it's 50 dollars the nerd block one and when you convert that into pounds i think it's about 38 quid 39 quid mm. then you got 20 percent on top mm. of that 
which puts it to 40 odd quid, then your eight pound hand limit. So I think overall it works out to about 56 pounds. Yeah. And I thought, that's a little bit. That's a lot, isn't it? That just takes me over the amount I'm happy to spend where I don't know what's in it, which defeats the point of it because you're not supposed to know what's in it. But mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? If it's because a lot of these boxes I, do claim that you get X amount of pounds. And I know this one might be yeah. slightly different because it's official Doctor yeah. Who merch on the BBC, but you never know, do you? Uh, no, I thought exactly the same thing, funny enough, because I've been eyeing that up thinking, oh, might do. Um, and I did think of you because they just announced one of the little things in it. Um, didn't I don't know if you saw oh, they, they've given like yep. a little spoiler. I don't know whether to say or not. I'm assuming. Well, it's is not, it going to be a big spoiler if I say what it is? Well, they've officially told everybody. Yeah, so it's okay. So yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, they've announced that you get in the first box. I assume um, it's like a, a, a exclusive Titan of the Tenth Doctor in his sort of which, which what is it? It's like when he's been blown up, isn't it? It's his, yeah, it's in his. Is brown... it the end of time? When yeah. He's in the, is it the end of time? He sort of his his suit been ravaged by yeah it's when he's fallen through the glass isn't it that's it and he's got when he's fallen through the glass and it's all ripped yeah yeah Yeah. so you get an exclusive titan of the 10th doctor with his ripped outfit and actually he does look pretty cool um and i did wonder if that might push you over the edge to order it because i know you love your 10th doctor uh stuff so i thought yeah and i'm and i was the same i was tempted actually i thought oh he's really cool and if you're going to get little things like that maybe it's worth Mm -hmm doing it and then exactly the same as you <laughs> thanks to that website i was like actually that's quite a lot of money um because is it a monthly thing well the nerd block thing is every two months okay hmm yeah yeah i don't know i just nah. i'm a bit torn i don't think i will i don't think i will but it's tempting isn't it it is tempting yeah maybe um i don't know maybe if we check out a load of youtubers who have got one and reviewed it and see what see it's what like, like. It yeah. might jump on board and and get number two maybe mm. but it, yeah it was just that it, it can't be helped it's just all the shipping and handling costs from from canada so you it's a good plan actually yeah check out some youtubers someone did message me the other day and said um am i getting sent one free to review and i was like if only i don't ever get sent anything <laughs> free i think i think people think i do but no unfortunately all the stuff i review is it's paid for with my own money. <laughs> so <laughs> I wish I was getting one free. Maybe some people out there are, but I'll do the same as you, Gary. I'm going to wait and see what, what the first one's like and go from there. It's because you need a more approachable face. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these companies probably have a look at the old geek sandbag and they think, oh, he's a bit stroppy. A bit <laughs> Not <moved."> stroppy. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Why don't you just say to them, look, not being funny, right? But I'm rocking half a mil subs. When are you going to start sending me some stuff? <laughs> some stuff, yeah, yeah. Actually, it probably is my own fault because I never, I never contact anyone about. Well, there you go. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> I should start doing that. I suppose I just, I, it doesn't cross my mind. I just, yeah, I'm always looking to stuff to buy, but I never think to say, can I grab one of them for free? I probably could have had loads of stuff by now. Yeah, perhaps I ought to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is that nerd block? <laughs> Geek Sandbagger, you know get me. Get it over here. You know me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so if you mind. see me reviewing it, the chances <laughs> are I've managed to get one for free, Yeah, <laughs> which is very unlikely. <laughs> um, I, yeah, well, I was going to say, if you, if you fired out a bunch of emails every month, yeah. like you know, half a dozen companies, I'm sure you'd get at least you know, one or two of them say, okay, cool, yeah. It's, it's it. probably true. This is terrible to say, but I just 
Yeah, I, I can't. I'm not very. I'm lazy. You can't be bothered, can you? I can't be bothered. No. Yeah, there you go. I'd just rather go to the shop and buy it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I probably could. <laughs> I'd rather go to the shop and buy it than get sent it for free. Yeah. yeah just well, lazy. <laughs> maybe just lazy. A, listeners, let's all put. Um, let's all get an email campaign going for the Geek Sandbag. Let's send it. Send them off to everybody. You, you make yourself like a charity case. Come on, let's help him out. <laughs> well, I'll never say no to free stuff. Free, free who, who, come on, free stuff. Yeah. So next, um, next episode, one four two. I expect you to give us an update saying that you've contacted at least ten people, and you you've heard like back, the job centre, and you've heard back from at least. I want to see five. proof of at least, yeah, at least <laughs> five jobs you've applied for this month. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Works. I'll let you know. I'm I'll... just not one for getting free stuff. Also, yeah. I think also the other thing, seriously, just to wrap this up, the other thing is I feel that if I get free stuff, this is why I like to stress that I pay for mine. I always think you could be seen as being slightly biased in your review, if you see what I mean. So imagine like, you know, me, me Torch Sonics I reviewed recently that I wasn't very impressed with. Mm. So imagine if I said to you, oh, I got them for free and I'm there, there saying, oh, these are this, this Torch. This is the torch you need. You know I mean, they're going to be thinking, yeah, well, of course he's saying that. He got it for free. You know, so I don't know. There's always that as well. I feel I need to be impartial. Well, I was going to say, you can, you know, you can say you'll, you'll be very honest. Yeah, up, I suppose front, so. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That means no. <laughs> yeah, it does. Shall we land the TARDIS and yes. r- rattle through some news? Get into it. Did you know that there's a spin-off show of Doctor Who called Torchwood? I have heard of it. You heard of it? Mm. <laughs> they're, they're coming back. I'm, I'm laughing because about three people tagged me on my personal Facebook profile in, in this post yesterday with about a million exclamation marks. And I got really excited because the, the tagline was, Torchwood back for fifth series mm. um, overseen by RTD. And I was like, ah! <gasps> And then, of course, over to you, Gary. It turns out. Turns out that it's big finish. It's not actually. Of course, it is. It's not coming back to TV, unfortunately. No. no. So this isn't that bad, though. Let's be honest. Because, no, it's not at all. No. no. Let's not be too down. I mean, it would be great to see Torchwood back on the TV. Yeah. And it. I must admit, when I first saw the headline, I was like, "No way." John Barrowman's yes. done it. He's actually marched. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. He's marched yeah. into the BBC for the final time and said, look, cards on the table. Is it happening or not? And they've said yes, and it's party time. But no, he's he's gone back to uh, old Briggsy, a big finish, and said, look, they're not having it. Mm-hmm. You you guys are loving it. Let's make it happen. So, uh, yeah, so essentially it is series five, isn't it? Because it picks up mm. immediately after Miracle Day. Yeah. Which I believe would be classed as series four of Torchwood. Yes, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you are correct, mate. So Russell T. Davis is involved. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is cool. He, I don't think he's done, he's not sort of overseeing it in a kind of script editor, showrunner type of thing. He's just contributed to the, to the writing of it. So, um, uh, it will, it will be, when is this out? It's out, um, next year. No, October. 
or, or starts in August um, and finishes up in October and into the new year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Russell T. Davis's involvement is he's created a couple of characters, I believe. Uh, so there's going to be some new new people. I was going to say new faces pop up, but it's big finish. So there'll be some new voices pop up, <laughs> and they will have been co-created by Russell T. Davis. So he's he's had a he's had a hand in it. So which is good news because I don't think Russell's been involved in hardly anything to do with Doctor Who since he left. Not not really, is he? No, not no. Really. Not many people. Not not many of the cast survived. Um, by the time we got to the end of Miracle Day, did we? So exactly, yeah. <laughs> they had to bring somebody new in. Because oh, yeah, it's great actually that he's come back to have a bit of um, involvement in it. Though I think yeah, it's good that he's sort of put his input into it to create some new guys. Yeah. So it's important to note that this is something different for Big Finish. So before they've done, you've got your sort of monthly range, which is a you know a, a collection of individual stories, and then they have the box sets like Dark Eyes and Doom Coalition and all that stuff. Whereas this is a complete series, mm. you know, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's three box sets, essentially, um, all of the same continual story. So it's not touted as a, you know, a, a, an isolated thing. It's actually, they're actually marketing it as a series. So series five properly, as opposed to just an isolated box set story. Mm. So that's yeah. quite cool. That, it is cool. good. Yeah, I must admit, I'll, I'll probably pick this up actually. Um, these box sets because I like, yeah, I like the idea that it carries on straight from Miracle Day. Um, it does make me think, though. Does that mean it does kind of put another nail in the coffin to it coming back to TV if they're picking up straight from? Because um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what could happen? But it is, it is good news, and I think it does sound like quite a a cool little box set to pick up. So mm. yeah, I'll definitely be getting the first one to see what it's like. Yeah, I would say that it. Based on this, it's not going to come to TV anytime soon. No. Because they've, they've had to rely on Big Finish again, you know, yeah. to get Torchwood stories out there. But uh, just lastly on this, um, uh, the writer James Gross has said, uh, there'll be some familiar old faces. Uh, of course, Reese and Andrew in there, but there'll be some other surprises, including an appearance by someone who just has to be, has to be dead. Oh. So, Yeah. Somebody will be back who we thought to be dead. Ooh. I like the fact that James Goss is involved as well because he's he's very good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sounds very exciting. Yes. Okay, um, other news. K9. 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 <laughs> Do you remember that they, there was talk of a movie? There was, weren't there, moons ago? <laughs> a movie. Um, a <laughs> K9 movie was, was talked about and kind of forgotten about. <laughs> and it's back. We're talking about it again. Um, and they've unveiled this new design. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, from what I can gather, the film, I mean, this has just been going on for quite a while now. So I don't, when, when is this film actually coming out? Do we even know? It was meant it's, to be this year, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the canine in this film is going to be CG because there, there was this new design unveiled at um, a convention at the weekend called the Capital Two. Um, and they unveiled an actual physical thing, which I believe was uh, created using a 3D printer using the film CGI model. So from that, I'm guessing there's going to be a CGI canine. It will be. Film. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be battling Omega, not Omega, as a lot of people say, Omega, uh, which is a great character. So <laughs> it's about the only little glimmer of thing that, that's getting me excited about this, to be honest with you, because I, I just, I don't know, something about this just doesn't sit right with me. As much as I love canine, <laughs> you guys, you listeners know, I love 
love canine but um me personally mate I, i'm just being honest here i i think the design looks a mess um it looks very much like the one that was in they did a tv australian tv series which i must admit i've never ever seen um and it looks very similar to that design except they seem to have chopped his back legs off and and put a sort of solid back to it instead mm-hmm. um that's probably the best way i can describe him so for me i don't i mean i just like the original canine um but this does not do it for me at all. I can't say I'm getting much enthusiasm for the the film, to be honest with you, apart from the Omega thing. But, yeah, what do you think of this new canine design? Do you like him? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest as well, with same as you, mate. I think it looks absolutely dreadful. It's just so messy. It it's looks like... <laughs> I, just, it's regressed into, you know, it, it's the sort of design that you would see as a, like a little three-pound tiny little rubbishy figure in toys r us you know that's yeah. the, the 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 design they're going for it just looks really uh, I, I know it's going to be cg in the film so i'm not sure what they can do with textures and stuff but it just looks really cheap and plasticky and uh, it, and it you know the back legs are gone so it's got some sort of i don't know is that going to be a wheel at the back or is it going to a hover wheel, i assume I don't yeah know, probably but, a hover yeah yeah it, it just looks really bad it looks I've just awful. got visions of yeah. I've just got visions of him flying around a bit like R two D two in like the fan uh, was the Phantom Menace. What's the one where R two D two is suddenly flying around and you're thinking, well, hang on, he never used to do that. Oh, Revenge and of the I, Sith, yeah. Revenge um, of the Sith, and I'm thinking I've got visions of K nine doing that, like flying around, shooting things with his because he's got a great big laser at the front of his face and stuff. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not doing it for me. A, a friend of mine who went to the convention. Um, I was telling him my thoughts on it and he said to me, it looks a lot better in the actual real thing looks a lot better. But from the photos I've seen, yeah, it's not doing it for me. But anyway, the canine movie, we thought it was gone, but it's, it's still in production. So for those of you that are looking forward to it, it will be coming out. We don't know when, um, but it looks like it's stepped up a gear anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and finally in news, following on actually from the uh, the convention we spoke about. Capital. Uh, Capital 2. Um, uh, Mr. Philip Hinchcliffe uh, was honoured at said convention, which is ah. very, very nice. So, yes. Uh, so everyone, well, so everyone, that's not really fair. Most people should know the name Philip Hinchcliffe. Mm. If you're a classic Who fan. Uh, so he was a producer on the show back in the 70s. So I think it was like 74 up to 77, 78, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, uh, yeah, so he was quite instrumental in that sort of era era of the show, you know. it's uh, And that part of the show is is often looked at as some of the best in classic Who. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he was presented um, uh, with the award. Um, from the founding member of the uh, Doctor Who um, Appreciation Society, Mr. Jeremy Bantham, and uh, gave a little speech and so on. And uh, yeah, Mr. Hinchliffe gets an award finally for something. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I, I think you're the same, but I'm a big fan of um, the Hinchcliffe era, mm. if you like. Yes. There was some great stuff um, in there. His tended to be the more gothic horror style mm-hmm. Tom Baker before he went into the Graham Williams, much more lighthearted stuff. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his era um, and uh, nice guy, Philip. So, yeah, very good to see him getting that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a nice little, nice little tip of the hat to him. So, yes, yes well done, Mr. Hinchcliffe. He was one of the guys behind 
K9 as well, wasn't he? He was a uh, he was one of the uh, sort of would early. Have been, I suppose, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all good. Good news. Yeah, yeah. He's still involved. He's still doing a bit for Big Finish as well, isn't he? He's done a couple of they've done a couple of Phyllis, Philip Hinchcliffe presents box sets right. with Tom. Yeah, you know, some couple of Tom Baker stories. So it's nice that he's still, you know, involved with who all these years later. Yeah, good times. Well done. That's going to do for news. We haven't got any merch to talk through because no. there's nothing really meaty to talk about that's been released <laughs> recently. We've done the we've done the LED torches. We've done the uh, nerd the, block. The nerd block. It's not quite ready yet, but oh, I tell you what, we, we won't talk about it. But just uh, must quickly ask you: Did you see the prototype Robert Harrop Tetrap? Yeah. They posted a picture yeah. of the sculpt and you know um, what they're working on. Now, even no matter what you think of Time of the Rani, that looks like a blimming great figure, doesn't it? So doesn't it just? Yeah, yeah. yeah I meant to ask you that before we kicked off. I'm, oh, I'm getting that as soon as that comes up for pre-order. I'm getting that. Tetrap. Tetrap. Yeah. No, does that good? Yes. Right. Knock knock. Who's there? Uh, some weird, creepy guy with a tuning fork. Is, is it Praro? <laughs> you've you've stolen the, the you know you've stolen the joke adam oh, what are we going to do this week we're doing knock <laughs> knock are you looking for somewhere to live that's your house sharing yeah six of us how do you get into the tower you don't what's that noise there's a massive mystery going on <laughs> the house is eating people Time to pay. Yeah. Knock, knock. It was. Who's, oh. <laughs> who's there? You, we've, we're stopping. The jokes have stopped now. Oh, right. It was written by Mark Bartlett. It was directed by Bill Anderson. Overseen, obviously, by the moth. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usual runtime, nothing special about that. And uh, it went out on a Saturday, as usual, followed up by the binaural edition on BBC iPlayer, which we'll get onto later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so knock, knock them. Uh, who does the old, uh, the old haunted house thing again? What do you reckon to this one? Yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, so uh, that's the fourth episode on a row. Um, that I can say I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I just overall very much enjoyed it. Um, I sp- it's a little bit cliche, like I said, the, like the haunted house, lots of thunder and lightning and stuff. So, um, but I can overlook that. Um, I thought it was a decent story. Um, the only thing I would say, and uh, I watched it again yesterday just to try and work out why. Um, hopefully, we'll work it out as we're talking through it. For me, it does slightly just fizzle out towards the end and i can't put my finger on it but i find the ending slightly unsatisfying i don't know it it seems like i suppose the best way i can describe it is it seems so close to being a great episode to me but for some reason just falls slightly short and i I don't know why that is uh, to be honest with you but that's how i feel about it i thought it was enjoyable i thought it was a very good episode but it just doesn't quite make the grade of being great somehow um, and I, yeah, I'll get sort of more into it as we go through it, but that's that's how I feel about it. Okay, that's yeah, fair what enough. What about you, mate? Um, I loved this episode. You loved it? Yeah, I thought it was a great, great watch. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a return to Who that I was I re- I've been wanting for so long. 
I really mm-hmm. wanted a creepy, uh, scary. I mean, it wasn't that I've seen. Uh, what was the Matt Smith episode? Uh, Hide. Hide. That's it. I thought that was slightly creepier. Yeah. For, you know, for the most part. So I've seen scarier who. Uh, but I think this one, it was it, it was still very creepy and it was a bit uncomfortable at times because mm. you did you did have that feeling like, uh, oh, my God, this, you know, it's um, it, it was a bit tense at times. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But and I thought the ending, yeah, I mean, it did it, it it definitely slowed down a little bit towards the end. You know, it was definitely a calmer ending than what I thought we were going to get. Mm. Uh, but, you know, who does the. Doctor Who does the cliched haunted house stuff. It does it really well. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a, a tri- ghost light actually. It, it was a bit like ghost yeah. light because it's yeah, a very yeah. similar style house, isn't it? Mm. So at the beginning of ghost light, when they're approaching the house, you can see all like the lightning in the background and it's That's light it. and everything. It was very much in that same, uh, it was very much that vibe, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually it's the same house that they use for blink apparently. Um, so I read, okay. which uh, I mean, I haven't watched Blink for a long time, but apparently it's the same location. Obviously, they've added the CGI tower. Um, yes. And I can't remember how much we see in Blink. I think it's more, more inside that we get to see, so which could well have been a set for all I know. But uh, yeah, so same house in Blink. And like you said, it's got that ghost-like thunder and lightning vibe. Um, I think, do you know what it is, though, mate? I think it, it was creepy. There's some great jumpy moments like um you know there's some proper scare moments uh, which wouldn't look out of place in the philip hinchcliffe era actually um which were great and i agree with you on that i think what it is i think the reason that it didn't it just missed the grade of being great for me is because i thought david suchet was absolutely superb as the landlord and he seemed to be building up and building up to be this i thought he was literally gonna like I thought we were going to get a good sort of battle between him and the Doctor at the end. Mm-hmm. And I suppose because it turned out to be, you know, the, the way it ended, like you said, it seemed to just sort of build up, build up, build up, and then like this nice, calm, serene ending. And I think maybe maybe that's why it just feels like it just slightly dropped off at the end to me. But then again, it's not a bad thing because it makes it different, I suppose. Like if we'd have had a battle and that, I suppose we've seen all that before. And yeah. So I'm a bit sort of torn, really, in between what I was expecting and what we actually got. Maybe that's why it feels like it, you know, it just sort of fizzled off a bit at the end. But it was good, though. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I thought it was, like you said, back to proper creepy Doctor Who. Some Mm. quite unsettling moments as well, weren't there? Like the guy in the wardrobe with his face, like he's embedded in the wardrobe, which reminded me a bit of the the Cyberman in Earthshock, actually. You know, he's like half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Half in, half out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was overall pretty decent, I thought. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, uh, you know, well, it it does have some, it's, it, well, like you said, it, we're kind of four for four. You know, it's yeah, like so. Series yeah. 10 is really uh, just going forward at this great pace. Mm. And it's almost, it's almost like the Pixar thing. So, you know, when Disney Pixar, when it got to the point where they had had so many successful films out and, you know, all of their films were, you know, rated 10 out of 10, 9.5s and they were just amazing. It, mm. Then people then start to reverse it and you think, right, when's the clangor coming? Yeah. When's the bad, not bad, but when's the subpar film coming? And I don't mm. want it to get like that with series 10 because I don't want to be, I don't want to be thinking, right, is this week going to be the clangor? Because yes. every series has got at least one. There's so got to be one, isn't there? There's yeah. got to be. But then you just want to keep the train going. You just, you know, mm-hmm. so next week, 
sorry, this week's episode coming up, which is called Oxygen, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, I have no idea what to think about that because it's got, again, it's like the, the classic space suits that we've seen many times in Who in outer space and so on. And that looks like a combination of uh, sort of the rebel flesh and um, uh, some other, uh, what's the other story? Uh, so it it's looks a bit, like combination. A bit arc in space, I thought, yeah, in the classic that, in a way. Yeah. yeah. So it almost feels like series 10 is taking these sort of tried and tested formulas that have worked really well with Who, mm. and they're just giving it their own sort of spin on it, if you like. Yeah. And uh, this episode, you know, is, is a perfect example of that because we've seen the haunted houses done mm. in Who before. So it just took a, took a bit of a spell, a spin on it because at the end, I think a lot of people were expecting david suchet's character to be some kind of you know nasty villainous monster or character yeah you know and it turned out to be you know anything but that you know yes he's you know doing terrible things but in his mind he's doing it you know for the good of somebody else mm. uh, so it does sort of turn the episode on its head and then the little uh the dryads the little Oh, things which i thought for some reason the doctor was saying triads and yeah. i thought no that's something completely different <laughs> um but yeah so i mean they kind of fizzled out into not much either mm. uh but it's it's a it is a strange one because the the episode as a whole was fantastic to watch it, it was a good watch yeah, yeah. it was really good really... um but yeah just these little moments where you thought you know, I think it's because I was, yeah, I think it's a case of I was expecting the landlord to turn out to be something big. Yeah. And he yeah. actually turned out to be something small. And I think, you know, maybe on reflection, that's quite a cool thing. But I suppose on the first watch, it felt disappointing. Does that make sense? I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, he was a good character, but that's all he was. When in my head, I'd build it up to something so much bigger. Hmm. You know, it's like, who is this mysterious landlord? What's he going to be? Um, but maybe on reflection, yeah, maybe it makes for a nice change. You know, perhaps it was a good little twist rather than turning out to be this sort of alien landlord with, hmm. you know, something, you know, much bigger. So, yeah, maybe reflection, it's a good thing. Yeah. And there's some other things in there as well that we've seen a few times before. So we have the group of teenagers and how yeah. many horror films have we seen starting years ago? What with things like Scream and, you know, we've seen that so many times, haven't we? Like the bunch of students or teenagers in a house and yeah. they either get murdered one by one or they disappear. You know, so we've seen that as well many, many times. And that seemed to work quite well. And one thing, actually, one of our... One of our listeners, I'm not sure if it was a comment on Facebook or in the audio clips, but one of them said that the cast in this was miles better than the cast of Class. Yeah, well, I did. As soon as we got this group of sort of slightly cocky teenagers, I was like, oh, dear, I hope this isn't going to go down that. You know, I hope they're not going to be too annoying, I think <laughs> is what I was thinking the first time I watched it. Um, and there was only one that I thought was annoying, but thankfully he was the one that only got about two lines before he was um, turned to mush, which was uh, old Pavel with his uh, another one with an accent. And I was oh, like, Pavel, oh, dear. Yeah. I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but for he didn't. He wasn't in it much. So that was good. Why do they make them have to these silly voices, though? Because I find it takes me out of the story. As soon as he started speaking, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it reminded me of old was name in class. Who was the one that had the silly accent in class? Oh, um, that we were convinced the, the guy's he was boyfriend. Gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was going to be another case of that. But, right, um, right. But actually, you know, yeah, um, they weren't 
annoying. I mean, they they were. I thought they were sort of borderline, but I thought they were. I thought it was a really fun little start to the episode with those guys mm. going around the houses and there being that really tiny one, and then the oh, one yeah. next to the yeah. building site or whatever it was. And the, I thought that was a lovely little intro. You know, and then the creepy landlord appearing saying, are you looking for somewhere to live? I was like, oh, I like, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Again, it, it felt like who's sort of back to doing what it, you know, does best. A bit of fun followed by a bit of scariness, by a bit of creepiness. And mm-hmm. yeah. 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 No, I read it. And it was a really cool, um, it was a really cool setup to the story. Introducing yeah. us to those people as well, because I, for the life of me, I have no idea what the song was that was playing. It's got quite trendy this se- this series, isn't it? Who mm. it's playing a lot of um, sort of modern pop style songs. Oh yeah, what was it? Uh, there was a song playing at the beginning when they're sort of looking around. The scenes you're talking about where they're being shown mm. around these ridiculous little houses and so on, and uh, you can just see instantly that they're all having a laugh, really. You know, and yeah. when they finally move into the house, there's a lot of banter going on, and they're winding each other up, you know, because they know it's a creepy old house. And so, it, it, although I said, you know, that this formula has been done as well a lots of times with a group of young people in in the haunted old house, uh, it did feel slightly slightly different. It did have a modern sort of feel to it because uh, they're not all sort of sitting around watching horror films inside a horror story, you know, eating mm. popcorn you know, with like a face at the window, you know, someone holding a knife at the window and one of them goes down into the basement to get more beers and he doesn't come back and all that. So it it did have a, uh, a different feel to it, but I really like how this, how the story has set up these, these characters without having to go into loads of extra story. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't have to have, you know, a backstory for each of them. We didn't have to have, you know, big emotional stuff. It was just, you know, Bill's moving in with a bunch of people. They're looking for a house and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. I like. And it's quite nice that they knew the doctor as well, wasn't it? Because it just sort of brought the whole sort of story, you know, the fact that it's, it sort of took us back into their world, you know, of like the doctor being the the uh, professor and all that. And the mm. fact that, you know, they kind of already knew him. Didn't have to have all that sort of, oh, this is the doctor, blah, blah. So that was quite nice as well. I just thought it just made it feel a bit more grounded again, the series of fact that it's carrying on from the other episodes as well a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had, um, uh, we had the, some quite cool interactions with the doctor and those youngsters as well. Mm, yeah. So that was quite funny because, uh, it was another first, really, wasn't it, in this episode where there was another uh, sort of progression of the relationship between Bill and the Doctor, which we'll come on yes. to. Yes, yes. Uh, but the the way that the Doctor is with the other people, I thought was just really cool because he's being very sort of, bel- not belligerent, but he's being very uh, sort of single-minded and stubborn, mm. you know, because Bill obviously wants mm-hmm. him to clear off. But he yeah. knows something's not right with the house. And that opening, not opening scene, but the first scene where he drops Bill's stuff off at the house and he just takes one look at it, doesn't he? And he immediately knows that something isn't right. Yeah. Which is awesome about it. There was a McCoy story as well that I watched recently where he does that, where they land somewhere and he just takes a look around and he's like, nah, is it survival? Oh, could be. Yeah. And he just, I think they just, Tardis materializes in this street. He gets out and he's like, hmm. Not something. right. Yes. And we have that as well with, uh, uh, with this one where Capaldi comes out the Tardis, looks at the house and you see the look on his face. Capaldi plays it brilliantly. He's like Mm. immediate intrigue. 
And then there's that split second where he's like, no, this isn't right. Yeah. So that was really cool. What do you think to the opening bit as well? You know, where Bill's moving all of her stuff and she's like counting down three, two, one, and the TARDIS materializes around oh, her. Oh, it's nice. That was uh, really I mean, nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a, a lovely scene actually between, the, you know, the, the Doctor and Bill because she's asking him about the Gallifrey and Time Lords. And it's, again, it's just, you know, these are stuff that's been said and asked before, but they've given it such a modern take on it. They've made it totally fresh you know the fact that rather than being impressed and and all that she's sort of laughing saying what time lord what do you wear big hats and stuff and he's like oh no big collars and i thought what a lovely bit of writing uh, in that particular scene you know especially when the um capaldi mentions regeneration and he just there's only like a split second scene in there where he's like don't know he almost sort of shuts down for a second doesn't he he looks troubled and then he moves on quickly changes the subject I was like, ooh, yeah. what's that about? Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I loved that little scene. thought it was funny and, and just, yeah, again, great interaction between two of them. Uh, so this is the scene in the TARDIS at the beginning, you know, where she's like, yeah. you know, she's quite funny, isn't she? She's like, you should rent this out. Yeah, that's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's really, that was one scene actually that I felt that that sort of made made me feel both excited and really sad at the same time. Because when he mentions about regeneration, there's that look on his face, isn't there? That he knows something. He, yeah. And he changes mm. the subject really quickly. Yeah. So immediately I thought, oh, Uh-oh. This, this is something to do with, know. you know, the series and why he's meant to be on earth and why he's mm. very shy and coy about it and doesn't want to talk about it. And then I immediately thought, that means he's going. Yeah. That means, you know, with all of these scenes are like Capaldi's last. Mm. It's we like we through. know he's going, but that was the first thing in the episode where we get any sort of hint or inclination that actually this is happening. And we're like, oh no. Yeah. Um, but it was a great, great scene. I thought like Bill, when he's like, you know, you know, this is a technological wonder bill. And he's, she's like, oh, do you want the postcode? And he's like, mm, yeah, go on, put it in here then. And I just, you know, stuff like that. It's just a great little scene. I thought it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get onto the scenes with the bill and the, new housemates looking around and so on and then we're in the house so what did you think about uh david suchet's opening scene with the introduction to him where he's sort of lingering outside the estate agents mm. and it, i don't know about you but if i was looking for a house and then I, out in the street there was just some reasonably creepy guy <laughs> he's like if you're looking for somewhere to live follow me i my reaction would be mm, you're all right mate <laughs> maybe not right now yeah, but, you know, if you give us your details, we'll we'll come back to you, sort of thing. But they just off, aren't they? They're... I suppose because the price, isn't it? I think because that's what tips Bill off a bit, isn't it? She's like, well, it's too too cheap, it's too good to be true, because they're all really excited, and she's the only one that's a bit skeptical, isn't she? Yeah. Whereas the other yeah. guys are just like, yeah, this is brilliant, you know. Um, but also, doesn't she come out with a great line somewhere in the middle about? Because doesn't the doctor say to her, "Didn't you think it was odd or something?" She's like, "What? Bunch of students, cheap." accommodation creepy landlord pretty standard or something like that I thought, yeah. okay that's quite funny yeah because i bet there's loads of students thinking yeah <laughs> well, all over the country yeah. well i thought that yeah i thought there must be so many students who have hired <laughs> sorry not hired who have rented really dodgy student accommodation where yeah the house has probably not been in the best nick you know and it's a bit leaky and cold and mm. so yeah it, prob- it probably is standard for for a lot of students but the doc you know he's not clued up on that sort of thing, I suppose, is he? 
No, no, true. But I thought Suchet was very creepy in that opening bit, even though he was sort of pretending to be nice to them, you know, because I guess we could see it in his face that he was, you know, we knew there was something a bit sinister about him, mm. if you like. Yeah, yeah. because it's like this, the other scene as well, when the doctor's there and Suchet comes in and they're giving him the list of things they need repaired. Yes. And he, again, he plays it quite sort of, um, he, he, he switches brilliantly from being nice to really severe, like I thought, you know, like when the guy says, "How do we get to town?" He goes, "You don't," and he really switches, and you're like, "Whoa, oh, yeah, yeah, okay," <laughs> you know, like things like that. I was like, "Ooh," you know, I, he was. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but he was so good in it. Oh, you brilliant! Know, such yeah. a awesome performance. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. So there was one scene though. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I was confused, but I was like, "Why? Why the need for that?" So there was a bit where. Towards the beginning, he just he just sort of appears out of nowhere in the house. You know, they go off to investigate these sort of banging noises in the kitchen. It turns out just to be the doctor in the in the larder, you know, yeah. messing around with a saucepan or something. Um, and then the, he's saying, "Oh, I just came to make sure everything was all right." And they start, you know, saying about the electrical sockets don't work and all that. And uh, and then he walks out, and then. Uh, one of the characters, who was it? I think it was uh, Shireen. She sort of runs outside to to ask him about something, and he had vanished. Yeah. So, was, uh, at first, I thought, are they? You know, is he meant to be some sort of mysterious paranormal figure? You know, that he just sort of vanishes and appears and all the rest of it out of nowhere, or is it a case of, you know, he just wandered off into a different part of the house, and she thought he went outside? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he lives up in the tower. Um, I don't know. I, I, I suppose it was just there for effect that scene. Cause I did think the same thing. I was like, well, where's he gone? Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't clear on that to be honest with you. I'm just assuming he lives in the tower above him, but pretends not to or so. Cause I think my other half, I think, found, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think we were a bit miffed by that. Um, when we first watched it. Yeah. Like where he was supposed to be going or where does he, cause we were like saying, does he live with them then? Or does he have his own place? We weren't quite sure what was going on there. Mm. I think he lives in the tower. Probably. Yeah. Mm. But I thought, you know, are they setting it up for him to be some kind of ghost or is he, uh, mm. or something like that? Because she opens the door. He's only stepped out like two or three seconds beforehand. And he's gone. She opens the door and he's gone. And mm. so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Not sure about that one. Yeah. Mm. Um, however, I thought that his introduction into the episode was really good, mm. and uh, we'll come on to it in a little while. But yeah, I thought the way he was, you know, shoved into the story, and uh, uh, and how we see a bit more of him as we go through, uh, was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, he did. It just yeah, he was. He was a very like you said. He they kept you guessing about him all the way through, I think, right up to the end, didn't they? Like, what mm. was he? What was he doing? Why was he doing it? Yeah, it was, it was very good. A uh, slight little issue I found mm-hmm. with something. So in that particular scene, they're saying uh, there's all of the power sockets don't work with their devices or anything. The doctor said, you know, it's not going to work with anything because they're really old, aren't they? They're like donkey's years old. Like, what was it, 70 years old or something? Yeah. So, you know, none of their electrical equipment work. However, uh, old uh, Pavel is up there and he seems to have plugged in all of his audio equipment. That's true. Relatively record player going. Yeah. Yeah. So he seems to be all right. (laughs) Hmm. Yes, that's true. And and the lighting, doesn't he fit up a light in the beginning? Don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 
maybe well, he got his own source from somewhere. I don't know. I can't think now. Yeah. yeah but his very modern, up-to-date um, uh, record deck and everything seems to be powered very nicely. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a good point. There is there is something I didn't quite get, which you might be able to explain. Um, the the what they call the dyads, the, the thing that's feeding on the dryads, the, dryads. Yeah, yeah. So those guys um, are obviously eating all the students that the landlord brings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing that for their to keep them their nutrition. So they live in the house and the woodwork and all that. So that's that I understand. I get that part. But they initially saved his daughter, didn't they? That's yes. why he's doing that. But what the one that I don't get, and as I said, you might be able to explain is surely they would have just consumed her at the very beginning. I don't quite get why they would have um, kept her alive. I don't know what, do you know what I mean. If like they're so if they need humans to to survive, um, I don't get why they would have all those years ago when they found her. Um, was she dying? I can't, what was supposed to be wrong with her? Well, she had uh, this illness, didn't she? That wasn't yeah. that the doctors could not. Um, they couldn't find what they just couldn't diagnose what was wrong with her, and you yeah. know they couldn't cure her and so on. So these little alien dudes, the dryads, with a Y, not an I. They uh, they sensed, I think, that she was dying or she had some really bad illness. Right. And there, so they saved her. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Wouldn't they have just consumed her? Well, not well. She was the first, wasn't she? She was the first. Well, that's what I'm saying. The mm. because she was so ill, I'm I'm guessing terminally ill. Um, they decided to save her. Okay. Uh, because from the sounds, from the well, my feeling on it was he had found these. They almost look like fossils mm. in the garden. So they've obviously been dormant for a long time. And then when they finally awoke, they were, uh, the first thing that they encountered was this person, you know, potentially dying of something. So because their thing, I don't know what to call it, their thing is obviously something to do with wood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They can, you know, they can create it and recreate it and absorb people into it. Uh, their initial instincts, I guess, was to save this person, but the only way they know how is to turn her into wood. Yeah, because that, that's yeah. their thing. I guess it, yeah, it kind of works. I suppose I just it did I just sort of questioned it at the time. You know, why, why, what was the reason for them saving her, if you like? But yeah. I'll tell you what, though, it made for it. I thought she looked fantastic. Oh, yeah, as the, as yeah. the wood creature mm. or whatever she didn't. What a I'm guessing it was prosthetics. However, you say that word. The bulk <laughs> Never of it was, it. yeah. It, but yeah. it was br- stunning, stunning visuals. I thought. I don't know if they sort of CGI'd over any of it, or if it was all, all mask and makeup. But she looked incredible. I thought, really, yeah. really nice design and weathered, and yeah, really cool. Yeah, um, it was the only CG was their eyes. So it, it, it was, was the eyes. It right? was the same with um, with Pavo. You know, when he's trapped in the wall. Yeah. So yeah. all of his face and everything was all prosthetics, um, mm-hmm. and his eyes were fine. But in post production, they they turned them into like this slight milky wood color, and the same with her. They turned her eyes into just pure wood effect. Yeah, I just thought she looked brilliant she in did. the episode. Absolutely amazing. Um, I also like the fact that the doctor doctor's explanation for not sort of twigging that they 
landlord was her son, not her dad. Because I was thinking the same. When Bill worked it out about the age, she, she was oh, like, yeah. so if you're 70. Because I was thinking, you know, my first reaction when she said that was, come on, doctor, you would have figured that out ages ago. And then, but of course, he explains, doesn't he? He's like, of course, you know, the, the human, I forget you humans have such a short lifespan. And, you know, again, it, it was just a brilliant, nice way of twisting it and saying, yeah, don't forget the doctor's alien. He wouldn't be thinking, necessarily thinking along those lines, you know, because... You know, he often forgets, like he used to say to Clara, how old are you now, 50 or something? You know, he, you know, he gets muddled, doesn't he, about sort of the human lifespan and the, you know, his lifespan. So I thought that was a really nice little mm. way of just explaining in terms of the story why he hadn't figured that out. Because it seems really obvious when you know, like when she, when he says I'm 70 or whatever or 70 years on and Bill gets it straight away. Um, I just sort of thought that was really nice bit of writing. You it know? was, yeah. Yeah, really, really nice. And uh, that was one of the things I was going to say, actually. It was another one of those Who episodes where there were these really nice little scenes dotted throughout. Mm. So the opening scene with Bill and the Doctor was really nice because the, the theme that Murray Gold has, has written for oh, Bill. I love it. Yeah. It's such a feel good piece of music. Oh, it is. Oh, and yes, you've reminded me as well and talked about theme. The bit where Bill shows her mum the photograph mm. of her room and she's like, Are you proud of me? And I, oh, what again? What a beautiful little scene. I was Lovely. like, Oh, mm -hmm. just loving Bill more and more. Yeah. 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 So that's what I was going to say. Those really nice scenes between the Bill, between the Bill, <laughs> <laughs> between Bill and the Doctor. Uh, were really, really cool. Like the mm. opening scenes around the TARDIS, the little bit where she's sort of trying to palm him off as her granddad. and Yeah, that was nice, wasn't so it? Yeah. And we'll come on to that in a second because mm. there's a lot of fan theories knocking about around this. And yeah. uh, and there's also um, the scene where, the, that I mentioned earlier, the progression between her character and the Doctor where she's, you know where she says, this is the part of my life where you're not in yeah. it sort of thing. Yeah. We... When I when I first watched that bit, I thought, oh, this definitely feels a little bit Clara-ish. Mm. And I hope that they don't go too far down that road. Because remember when Clara had the whole thing with the Doctor where she was like, I'm going to have my own life, but also this life as well in the TARDIS. So there was that yeah. one episode where she was running, doing all her day job at the school and seeing Danny Pink and you know, having the adventure in the TARDIS and coming, I mean, she was knackered, wasn't she? Yeah. And she said to the doctor, you know, you're not in my life all the time. You know, I need to have my, so I'm hoping they don't, well, I'm hoping the moth doesn't pull us too far down that road that we had with Clara. But it, it was a nice little scene where, you know, the doctor just assumes that, yay, she's now a companion. We do everything. You know, if there's mm -hmm. an adventure, I assume you're in. And she's like, you can see that she's thinking, well, no, because, you know, you're not in my life all the time. I have my own thing going on. Yeah. Which again shows the strength of Bill's character. You know, she's not just caught up in the big whirlwind of, you know, traveling with the doctor like some other companions. Like Rose was terrible for that. You know, it was like mm. everyone else and, you know, in her world, including her boyfriend and her mum on, you know, many occasions can do yeah. one. You know, I'm traveling with the doctor and that's it. <laughs> Whereas Bill's a bit more, you know, she shows a stronger side. Yeah, and I, because I was wondering at first, like, well, I was thinking, why is she being so harsh to the Doctor? You know, and then I had to remind myself what it is like to be young. You, you know, it's, you don't want, you know, you want to be with your friends and left to it to do your own thing. And I was thinking, yeah, that's very, again, a very um, relatable thing. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are out there thinking the same thing. Like, 
you know as much as you sort of love your parents or whatever if you're in that situation you'd be like yeah thanks for helping me move but you know you're gonna do my thing now with my friends for a little while got to, got to, you know learn by my own mistakes and all that sort of thing and that's basically what she was saying wasn't it? it's like you know this is my this is my space now this is my time you know what she say this is the part of my life that you're not in or something um yeah it was it was very it worked so much better with her than it did with clara i think yes you know because it's just yeah. you can understand the reason why because yeah she's she's a young young person she's got her life to lead you know as well as the life she lives with the doctor yeah yeah mm. that's good um and then we had the okay so let's talk about some production stuff quickly so mm. again really good looking episode yeah. didn't, didn't quite have the the, the sort of big cinematic you know vistas that we've seen in the previous episodes because it was fairly sort of it was mostly dark and you know a little bit old schooly grungy kind of look and feel but it did still look really really good uh the only one thing i'll say and uh for some reason i don't it must be just for cinematic effect and it happens all the time with uh horror films that are set in in this country in the uk and that is our thunderstorms are very different to the big um, tropical thunderstorms that you would see in other countries. So uh, anyone that lives in the UK will can back me up on this. When we have a thunderstorm, the lightning and the thunder don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. It's yeah. like <laughs> you'll see lightning and then it's a case of, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Yeah. And then you have like a big sort of thunder roll, maybe like mm. eight seconds later or something. But they always tend to do it in in horror films where you have this massive strike of lightning and the thunder's clapping across the sky instantly and it's all yeah. it was all crazy. So I thought, uh, you know, that's definitely cliche. That's definitely that like... It's a bit cliche. And in some ways it might have been more atmospheric if you'd have just had this sort of rumbling a thunder and then the odd crack yeah because it would be more realistic but it also might have been a bit more atmospheric but i do know what you mean about that yeah <laughs> yes it was a bit um yeah um, but apart from that, i mean it wasn't too bad it's only appears for like you know a few seconds but mm. i did think oh here we go yeah, yeah overall the effects weren't bad though i mean like the cgi tower you could tell it was cgi but it looked decent enough and we didn't see it for any particular long period of time so it kind of worked i think when the house blew up at the end they very um sort of use the editing to get away with not having too much effect because if you look at it you don't really see the house mm -hmm. sort of dissolve um it's kind of all done by their expression if you like um so but yeah overall i thought the effects looked good i thought the, the bug creatures looked quite good when they were crawling all over the kitchen um the scene where old um What's his name? Is his name Harry? Yeah, Harry. Um, the scene where he got it on the stairs and he sort of dissolved. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I thought that looked pretty pretty decent. Um, so, oh, yeah, overall, no. the production... What? Oh, that was the worst bit for me. Oh, you didn't think that looked very good? In terms of CG, when the stair closes around his ankle. Oh, no, that looked, that didn't look so good. No, uh, but uh, the bug bit, the sort of in the in his figure shape, looks oh, good. Oh, right, yes. You know what yeah. I mean, when it sort of dissolved. But, yeah, you're right, I spotted that as well. When you see his leg caught in the step... Um, yeah, that didn't look good, but yeah. I read you. Yeah. yeah, could have been better that bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think to the, um, let's speak about the monster then, the, the monster of the week kind of thing that we had in mm -hmm. this with the little dryads, uh, the little uh, troglodyte slash 
cockroach slash fossil looking things with a little cool little blue lights. Yeah, for their little antennas. I thought they were. Um, I, I wasn't too keen on uh, the. I don't know. They're more. They were more served up as a parasite, weren't they? They were more. You know, they weren't sort of these evil little creatures with their own motives for doing stuff. They were essentially controlled, weren't they, by the landlord guy? Yeah, in although it sort of turned out that it was Eliza controlling them, didn't she, in the end? I'm surprised it's taken her 70 years to realise, but yeah. yeah. But the design of them was okay. I mean, I think anything like creepy crawly-wise is quite scary anyway. I mean, you know, if you were to see that lot coming towards you, I think that's enough to freak you out. But um, yes. yeah, I thought they were quite designed quite well. It was quite nice when they were coming out of the wall and stuff like that. It was quite good. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the sound effects were really good, that horrible mm. sort of scratching sound scuttling hearing yeah. thousands of little tiny creatures scuttling around i thought that was that was well done and it they definitely had a a creepy atmosphere and i like the way that they introduced just one of them first so it's quite funny where the doctor and um uh what's his name uh harry, harry. yeah when they're walking around the kitchen and he's sort of tapping cupboard doors mm. and stuff like that and then one of them just pops out yeah and initially you think it's quite cute <laughs> um, the doctor loves it doesn't he he's like hello yeah uh, so I like that they introduce it now. You just didn't see a big swarm of, you know, like the plague of locusts effect. It was just, you know, it's good. I love it when the doctor, do you know that scene when the doctor um, is in the, the sort of front room with all of them and then he slams his hand against the wall and he just stares at, um, I don't know what the character was called, that girl. He just stares at her for ages and Bill's like, uh, doctor, you're being a bit weird now. <laughs> Cause he's, do you know what I mean? It's just, do you know the bit I mean? He just like sort of pulls this pose and is just glaring at her. I think he's actually trying to sort of thinking in his head, but he doesn't realise that he's actually just like freaking her out. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost very Tom Bakerish that I just thought, ah, oh, you know, nice little moment, nice little doctorish moment, if you like. So that was one of the the scenes where he's trying to be down with the with down the kids, with the kids. Almost, cause he's, <laughs> yeah. he's almost straight away because I like the scene about the the Chinese food. So he's like <laughs> Can I smell Chinese food? And he's off, isn't he? And he's and then from that point on, he's he's having a bit of banter with them and about uh, the music and yeah, I know who this is, and of course he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a really cool scene though, where he's sort of feeling the he's got his hand up on the wood panel on the wall, and he yeah, he has got that weird expression right Very up in the face. Very intense look, hasn't yeah. He? yeah. And he's kind yeah. of staring at it really weird, and you think, is he going to smile at any second, or is he going to break this awkwardness? It's as if he's gone into a trance or something, isn't it? It's just, I don't know. It's a weird scene, but a great scene. Just as I said, it's just very doctorish thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those other scenes that with him and the other, so, uh, you know, another funny little scene where he's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to chill. I'm going to, I'm going to hang around with, uh, and he gets their names wrong, doesn't he? Both yeah, of them are Bill Asser correct. All of them. Yeah. Uh, and that just shows another strength to Capaldi's, his performance as the doctor, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and yeah, so editing production wise, all great stuff as usual. Series 10 is really looking amazing. Direction wise, still good, do you think? Direction wise, I thought it was well suited actually. I think it, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting the direction actually because they could have gone down the road of, as well as having the story aspect be quite classic horror movie cliche stuff, they could have also gone down the direction route of cliched stuff with... Um, more shots of the old haunted house with the lightning and 
mm. you know, strange camera angles and all cleverness with that. But they kept it fairly straight, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought the direction was decent. Yeah. Um, no Perhaps complaints, not though. quite as good as the... No, no complaints at all. I guess I thought the... I can't remember the director's name who did the first two. I mean, I thought the direction in the pilot with the jumpy scenes was, was amazing. Um, so, I don't know, it would have been... I don't know. I think they could have been perhaps a little bit more like that, but I, I, yeah, I no complaints. The direction by uh, Bill Anderson, the director, thought he did a good job. Yes, um, and I think there was, yeah. I mean, I think it did a, a, a great job actually between the, uh, the the story elements and the production and the direction because, uh, for the most part, certainly for the first sort of half of the story or the first you know two thirds of it, it was this great creepy sinister intense kind of great story for me mm. and i thought that it was played really well so because you initially you i think uh, you know myself and probably a lot of other people included you initially thought it was a, a classic haunted house ghost story mm. it, it almost set up to it was set up to be that way so the creaking floorboards you wouldn't expect you know a, a little lice you know or a few lice characters to be treading down on creaky floorboards that sounded quite human mm. to me and all that stuff because all the house was quite creaky and stuff i associated the 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 little lice dryad things more with sort of scratching scuttling yeah. sound so when you heard like the house creaking and the floorboards being pressed down and stuff i initially thought you know we we're in for a really good ghost story poltergeist sort of thing mm. so uh and that created a real tense vibe for me i really i love it i love it when doctor who does that scary you know tense see i'm wondering if, yeah see i'm wondering if the landlord was you know perhaps some of the creaking floorboards was the landlord yeah maybe walking around outside yep. with his little tuning fork you know driving them towards him or something i don't know um i, I noticed uh you've said before now that the moth doesn't tend to reference much rtd stuff um he seems to be thrown in a couple of bits this mm. time uh we got um, harriet jones was mentioned uh, when he was talking about the prime ministers, uh, so I was like, okay, that's a nice little little callback, because uh, he was asking the landlord if he knew who the prime minister was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So it's nice yeah. to get nice to get a, a mention of Harriet Jones there. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, oh, that's when he's quizzing him about because yeah, because he immediately locks onto him as a as a mysterious character, doesn't he? Something not right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what he says uh, was it Margaret Thatcher, Harriet Jones. Did he say, does he say Margaret Thatcher? I think so. Thatcher, yeah. He says, I can't remember who else yeah. he says. But yeah. Uh, I like the fact it was thrown in there. Yeah, really clever. Clever little little nuggets. Yeah. And um, and there was another thing as well. Oh, yeah, we had the throwback to the classic who, didn't we, a couple of times. So when Bill's quizzing him on the Time Lords, you know, she yes. says, like, do you wear, like, something? And he's like, no, big collars. Big collars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which we didn't see until Baker's era, did we? Time not wearing all the really big. Um, I think stuff. you might see a bit in the Three Doctors, if I recall. I can't remember now. I haven't watched that for a I while. I thought it was a Deadly Assassin when we first. Oh, there's definitely a lot the... of that going in on yeah. the Deadly Assassin. Yeah, yeah. And we also had uh, um, the yeah. So again, the um, throwback. So there was there was. Let's talk about some fan theories quickly because yeah, um, there was this whole thing around uh, Harry was meant to be the grandson of Harry Sullivan. Yes, apparently, apparently in the early scripts they were going to do that and they cut it, didn't they? What do you reckon to that? Why, why do you think they cut that out? 
I don't know because I quite when I first heard it, I quite liked that because I just liked the fact that Harry Sullivan was getting a, you know, a mention in the show because uh, I love Harry Sullivan as a character. Mm. Um, I don't know why do you reckon they cut it? Because I, I part of me feels sad that they did. Um, part of me thinks perhaps it was good that they did. I don't know. I, I just must be a reason for why they decided not to. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. It will probably come out in something. Yeah. We'll get some insight into that. Would at some you have point. liked it if they'd have left it, left it in? A part of me thinks I would. A part of me thinks it would have been lovely to have had that as a little reference in there. Just sort of a bit like the Harriet Jones thing. Just sort of said, you know, just sort of put in there. No big deal. Just a little sort of reference. I think would have been quite nice actually. Yeah. Maybe it was because of the other comment that was made. So he said that him, his granddad and his boyfriend. Oh we're yes. off on an adventure and they, they stole a bit of the Great Wall of China, didn't they? That's right. So yeah. it might have something to do with that. Maybe they uh, just didn't want to add to the sort of background. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Actually. It could be that. It, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of why they would drop mm. it. But yeah, I agree with you. It would have been a nice little throwback mm. to Harry Sullivan. So what do you reckon about the grandfather thing then? Do you think there's more to that? Or is again, is it just a bit of teasing going on in the writing? Um. Yeah, I mean it's because you know my theory about Susan. You know what? You know I'm convinced she's coming back. Yeah, I, I read you. It's a lot of so many people have said that as well. It's something to do with Susan. A lot of people have said it's Susan in the vault and uh, <laughs> what playing the piano, playing the piano. Yeah, and uh, and you know this whole Bill referencing him as grandfather and so on is another little mm. sort of uh, cog in a bigger wheel, if you like, uh, as a, some kind of big reveal at the end of the series but i don't know i think I, I think to me i think it's isolated in the story i don't think it's linked to anything more than bill just trying to palm him off as you know nutty old granddad yeah it, i think you're probably right yeah it's quite funny though how he's like you know i don't, I don't look old enough to be you know you what's it yeah i'm what's it he says i'm I, i'm too old to be your dad or i don't look old enough to be I look something. too old to be. And she's like carrying that box or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. My, my, I've got a, my builder that I was talking to the other day, he spotted all the Daleks in the house and he was saying, Oh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. He was telling me all, all his theories for the show. And he was like, I reckon that new companion, she's going to be, uh, she's going to be Susan. She is, uh, it's going to get, and I was thinking, no, I can't see that happening, but I could see where he was going with it. I think they're almost trying to hint that. Cause he was saying like, well, don't forget in, in the first episode, the doctor, you know, chose her and, and we don't know why, why did he pick her? And yes. then he looks at that picture and I was thinking, yeah, I, I can see what you're, you know, I can see what, how your mind's working here, but I'd be very surprised if Bill turned out to be Susan. Um, but yeah. I do think there's sort of, there is something there, I think, but I, I like you, I think it's just little references to sort of perhaps throw us off the scent or, or push us in the wrong direction. Maybe I don't know. I know. I'd agree. I think mm -hmm. it, I mean, that's a wonderful thing about fan theories and stuff. You know, they some of them gain momentum, and then before you know it, the internet's like, Bill, it's Susan. That's <laughs> yeah, it. It's going to regenerate at the end, back yeah. into Susan, and that would be a bit weird. So, yeah. I, yeah, I do think that there maybe there's nothing to do with Susan at all in this entire thing. Maybe it's just, you know, some ideas that have been banded around and have picked up some traction, and that's it. All of a sudden, it's yeah. gospel. But I don't know. I think that the reference to... to uh, the Doctor being Bill's grandfather and so on. I think it's just isolated to this story. Yeah. Uh, we could be terribly wrong. I think at the end of series 10, you know, 
Susan walks out the vault and and all that. I don't know, but I just say I think I'm just desperate for Susan to make an appearance. I have been since the show come back, actually. Um, but I, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because if they're going to keep the Eighth Doctor Big Finish stuff canon without saying too much, they've got to be a bit careful how they bring her back um, in terms of her relationship with the Doctor and how it ended on the Big Finish stuff. So, or or the last time we met them together. I don't know. I, I just would love to see Susan come back. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she's in the vault, though, to be honest. I don't I, know. I don't think so, no. So what do you think about that scene at the end, then, where Nardole's fiddling around with the stuff on the vault <laughs> That's doors? That's so funny. Stuff, I love all that. <laughs> and the Doctor's turn up with some Chinese food or whatever, and he dismisses Nardole quite, quite firmly, doesn't he? Yeah, he wants him out of the way. Yeah, Nardole's, Nardole's giving him a bit of lip, and he just comes in, good night, Nardole. <laughs> so he's like, okay, I better go now. And then I was not I was not expecting him to open the vault and walk in there. Well, apparently we find out what's in it next week, don't we? I believe. Well, do we? I think in, yeah, I think the moth said, he's, he's, like, he's like mid-series, you find out what's in there. Um, but then again, does, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to find ev- everything that's in there. Perhaps we've, you know, got a doppelganger in there for halfway through the series or something. I don't know. But I think we do get to go in it next week. Yeah. Okay. Which is why which is why a lot of people were saying it's Missy because someone was playing the piano and then there's that picture of Michelle Gomez looking like she sat on top of a piano. Remember the publicity stills? And I'm uh, thinking, okay, yeah. so if it's Missy and she's in she's in next week's episode, isn't she? I think so. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's all pointing towards Missy. Um, I'm just hoping that's not it, because there's been quite a good build up to the vault. And if it turns out just to be Missy that's going to be really disappointing. It's going to be a real, like, oh, nah, is that it? Do you know what I mean? There's got to be more to it, surely. They can't, you can't just be Missy. Yeah, you know? I, it, that would be a bit of a, a sort of mid, mid-series anti-climax if it was, if yeah. he walks, you know, if we go inside the vault and there's just Missy sat there, you know, that wouldn't be like... Oh. I, I do have another kooky theory, but I don't know if I should say. Come on, come I was, on. Come well, on. it's just I was chatting to our good friend Adam the Ottoman Hoover the other day, and his face kind of dropped when I said it. So that's why I'm hesitating because what I'm about to say I think is common knowledge, but um, maybe it's not because I didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, I hope I haven't just ruined something. Um, this is very unlikely anyway, so I will say it. But um, my other kooky theory, which probably is totally wrong, is that maybe Miss is in there, but she's also with Davros. Now, hear me out. It's because <laughs> when we last saw Missy, she was trapped with the Daleks, wasn't she? Yes. And the BBC, when they announced the Series 1 Blu-ray that's coming out of this series, are giving away free postcards. <laughs> and one of those postcards has got a picture of Davros. And I was thinking, uh, it's like an art card. It's not a photograph. It's just right. like an art picture. So I was thinking, well, what are they putting a picture of Davros in the, in, in the Series 1? one a or whatever it is box set right so i don't know it's a very loose theory don't get me wrong but i was kind of thinking could she be in there with davros at least it'd be quite interesting there just there has to be someone else in there do you know what i mean it's got to be someone else it can't just mm. be missy even if it's um john sim you know it's got to be something else in there but i'm also hoping they've managed to keep at least something secret from us because i was saying to add we know an awful lot about this series already and me and you have talked about it. We've had an awful lot of spoilers. I'm just really hoping they've managed to keep some surprises in there for us because it seems like a lot's been given away. So yes. we need we do yeah. we need something we need something in that vault. 
yeah. that's going to really make us go, ah, mm. you know, um, that's what I'm hoping anyway. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to feel about that, about Davros being in there. I mean, it kind of makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, it's um, very loose theory. And yeah, it's only because other people said it. They're like, well, why is there a postcard of Davros in there? And it's probably no reason at all. It's probably just because I think there are other things in there as well. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I think there's postcards of like a shielder possibly or something like that. So it's probably just that they picked a load of random art pictures and thought they make for a nice set of free mm. cards. Yeah. yeah. So don't read too much into it, but it was just a theory I had. Yeah. I mean, also, I think it was, was it the pilot or smile where Nardole's at the vault? It was at the end of the episode. Must have been Smile then. And whatever is inside or whoever is inside the vault was really smashing on the doors from the inside. That's true. So I thought that, you know, is it like a big beastie? Is it some kind of big monster that they're keeping contained or a robot or something? Mm -hmm. Because it seems very uh, sort of unpredictable at the moment because we have that scene where whatever's inside is really smashing the inside of the vault doors really loudly and then we go to uh this episode where they're playing a piano yeah you know and that that seemed to fit in with mrs character because he was like he's like i've got another story for you silence he's like lots of children get eaten and then she starts playing away mm. happy music i thought well that's the sort of thing missy would would do, do isn't it yeah. would, would love the fact that you know some some kids have been killed so that's typical missy um then again what if he opens that door and there's a big chasm and it's got all the masters regenerations oh, floating crikey. around it, like the crispy master, the Johnson <laughs> master, Missy. What if they're all in there trapped? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. one of them manages to get yeah. out. You know, there could ah, oh, there could be anything in there. What do you reckon's in there? Uh, the logical part of my brain says Missy. Yeah, that's what the evidence supports that uh, that we've seen so far. But I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a bit of a curveball. I think there's going to be something so. there that we've. We not we're not expecting put it that way. Yeah, I hope so, mate. Yeah. Mm. Um. Okay, so let's rattle through some characters very quickly. Yeah. Um. So the supporting cast, then the the, the young dudes that few of them get popped off. Uh, a, a nice bunch of of peeps, I would say. I really enjoyed the the humour part of it. They were especially when they're sat around the table just having a, a laugh. Um, yeah. and they're going up to bed and the, the tall guy, was it Paul? Was it Paul? Paul, yeah. yeah he sort Paul. of pretends to get sort of dragged into his room and then, you know. He, I thought that was nice actually because, yeah, yeah when, when he does actually get done for, you kind of think, they think he's just messing around. I thought that's that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. And he has a little, you know, Bill sort of brings him down to earth quite quickly, <laughs> which is quite yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then the we have... um. Who was it? The was it Felicity? Who was the young girl that really freaked out when uh, everything was kicking off and she couldn't be trapped and she dived out the window? Oh um, yeah, yeah. So I thought she was. She, she there's always a scared one, isn't there? When you have a group of young characters, there's always one that's overly scared and petrified. I thought she did that pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had Pavel, your favourite, <laughs> with the accent. Just the accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too bad. Uh, I thought he was, you could tell he was going to get popped off first. He was too cocky, you know, when yeah. he's outside <laughs> and he can hear the, the floorboards creaking and uh, and he just sort of grins and goes back in his room. He's like, yeah, I'm all good. And so he gets popped off. We could see that coming. 
Yeah. Um, what about Harry then? What about Harry? The, I quite the, the liked Harry actually. Doctor, what are I you doing? Was... What are you doing? <laughs> no, I thought he was all right. I thought, um, yeah, I thought I, I felt a bit sad when he got it. I was like, oh dear, poor old Harry. Um, so yeah, I, I have to say, I thought you know, like all the supporting cast you've mentioned up to now um, were decent. They they did their job. We got their characters pretty quick. Um, even though we didn't get to see, like you said, any major backstory for them, they were just, yeah, we just got to know them pretty quickly. Mm. So I thought, I think all the people you mentioned were quite decent. Harry stood out, um, I suppose, because he got a bit more to do, um, like he was with the Doctor for a bit longer. Um, and uh, yeah, I quite liked him really. I thought he, I thought he worked quite well with Capaldi. <laughs> So, yeah, I quite liked Harry. Um, and I, in my head, I, I'm going to think that he was Harry Sullivan's, um, was it grandson? What was it he was grandson. supposed to be? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But no, I thought he was cool. Did you like him? I thought he was quite good, actually, yeah. Yeah. I, there were a couple of times where he, he was he was edging over towards the annoying side of things. Slightly at the beginning, I thought. I thought he got better as the, the episode went on, actually, because I thought he was going to be a bit annoying to begin with. Yeah. yeah. But no, overall, he was he was pretty good, actually. Right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and Shireen, who was uh, obviously Bill's um, buddy, if you like. Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure that she's been in. I think she was one of the twins in the Harry Potter movies. I've seen her in something. I've definitely recognised her. Yeah. Or was she not? No, she wasn't. No. Uh, no I've seen her in something. Uh, what has she been in? Oh, the David Brent movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, the David Brent movie. She was um, the receptionist. Yeah, um, but no, she was. I thought she was really. She was really good. Yeah, I thought she was. She was. She was okay. She was a bit like Harry. I thought at the beginning she was a bit whiny and annoying, but I quite liked her towards the end. If you know what I mean, I thought she got better as the yeah. episode went on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Eliza, then the 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 wood, the, the bedridden wood lady. <laughs> um. Do you know, I really liked, it's going so strange because we don't really get to get to see her much because um, she's mostly under all the get up mm -hmm. as the wooden Eliza. But when we get to see her as the human Eliza, she's a very unusual looking woman, would you say? Uh, and yeah. all the better for it because I just don't know. She's, a, she's visually, her facial, her face is very striking. Um, and I just thought, yeah, she's great casting because she's just i don't know there's something very unusual about her mm -hmm. and um and and to have her transform into this wooden strange looking thing as well um i just thought she it, it fitted perfectly if you know what i mean mm -hmm. so um although did she actually get any lines well she got a few as the wooden creature didn't she but yeah she does have quite a few towards the end where she's yeah she's quite distraught and upset at, you know it turns out to be her son um, yeah. So yeah, that was before we get on to our, our scores and just a couple of things. What do you think to that twist at the end, where you know, and we didn't know obviously about the Eliza for the most part, but when we do find out about her, the Doctor's piecing together the the history of why she's there and and so on, and he's like my daughter, my daughter X Y Z, and we, he mentions her daughter throughout the whole episode. Really. Yeah. Um, what did you think to that sort of twist where Bill? sort of clicks and she's like, that doesn't make sense. And the doctor's really impressed with her. He's like, no flies on you. And then we get the little twist. Um, I thought they could have made slightly more of that. Yeah. I didn't really, it didn't make my jaw drop on a first watch. It was kind of like, oh, what's that about? <laughs> As I said, I was more interested in the fact that, you know, the reason why the doctor didn't work it out quicker and stuff. But yeah, I, I guess 
maybe they felt like they needed a twist at the end. It didn't really, didn't 100% work for me. Um, I don't know. It was okay. The second time I watched it, I was kind of like, yeah, I get it, because it's all about the fact that he's taken over the sort of domineering role of being the dad. So I guess yeah. in that sense it works. But it, yeah, I don't know. It didn't. It fell a little bit flat, that twist, the first time I watched it, to be honest with you. I just didn't think, I just sort of went, oh, you know, it wasn't like, really? Okay. You know, I was just a bit like, yeah, all right. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it quite had the impact that was intended, um, if I'm honest. Um, were you the same? Yeah. That's what I, th- I thought they could yeah. have made a bit more of it or just not include yeah. it at all, really. But it was yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I think they were going for like a sixth sense kind of <laughs> awesome twist at the end there. But yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Um, okay. And let's talk about. Uh, David Suchet then, the landlord. Well, I was going to say, actually, if anything, he made that twist more powerful than mm. it, it actually was because when he starts sort of almost regressing back into the being childlike when she's hugging him, he's like, I don't want to. And he's sort of almost turning oh, back yeah. to the kid. Yeah. So that, so that, although the twist wasn't that sort of amazing, I think he really sort of brought it to life and did more with it because he sort of, you know, he's, he was, I mean, he was absolutely superb in the episode, wasn't he? I think mm. we're both on an agreement there. He was so good in it. Um, switching from like, you know, gentle old landlord to really quite vicious landlord to quite, you know, to upset child um, being cradled in, in her arms and stuff. So fantastic. Yeah. And I think the, the only thing I would say is I'm slightly disappointed what his character turned out to be because it probably means we won't see him again. And I think he was so good in it. I would love to have seen him sort of return, but that's uh, that's very unlikely now, given how he, who he turned out to be. Um, maybe that's what I meant at the start of the review when I was felt slightly disappointed with the ending, is because I suppose I wanted him to turn out to be something more, so that perhaps we would see him again, and mm-hmm. you know, he'd come back to fight the Doctor again in another story. But it wasn't that. That wasn't the story that's being told here. So maybe that's why I felt a little bit slightly let down on a first watch but he was excellent he i mean was. i would just yeah. i would love to see him come back but i just don't think it won't happen will it because of the of where the story went yeah i don't think i mean he was yeah. consumed wasn't he by the the dryads along with eliza so yeah doubtful that we'll see him again but his performance though david suchet was so good it, it, i thought so uh, the when we first saw him and he played that immediately creepy old guy mm. which which he was you know very intentional very he wanted to play that because he has like a little grin on his face sometimes and he's very uh, sort of appearing, trying to appear normal, but he's just got that creepy vibe about him. He's not overly creepy. It's not like theatre, you know, pantomime sort of creepy. He's just got that sort of uneasiness about his character. And then it sort of slightly, slowly builds up and then we see him, you know, th- that scene where he walks into the bedroom where Bill and Shireen have found Pavel in the wall and, mm. he walk- and he's there, he just appears very sort creepy. of behind yeah. him. And he's just, he's acting as if it's just completely normal practice for this to be happening. You know, they're Mm. obviously freaked out and scared and he's just wandering around with his tuning fork. And he's like, you know, this is what happens in this house sort of thing. It is very creepy. And his performance at the end as well, like you said, where he almost regresses into that childlike state, you know, around his, you know, his mum, it turns out. Mm. It's just really cool, really great stuff. It was. I was, yeah. I was sad to see him go. I was like, mm. oh no, you know, and the whole thing with the tuning fork as well was a lovely touch because it just added another element to his very creepy character. But yeah, yeah it was really great to have him in it. Um, absolutely 
brilliant casting um yeah. great performance yeah he really but to me he really brings the episode up as well mm-hmm. just having him in it just just really enhances this story i think absolutely yeah mm-hmm. um so very quickly nardo again hardly any only in the end yeah the end. still a nice little scene mm-hmm. um with him and the doctor but yeah hardly in it really playing that nice little uh um sort of relationship with the doctor where he's just oh yeah yeah, I, I've, I'm still fascinated by how this relationship has ended up in this state because he's he's just not bothered at all, is he, by the Doctor? He's in, not, no. It's, there's a bit of attitude, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, almost, yeah. He's almost a bit like, oh, all right, yeah, what have you been up to now? Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. So, yeah, Nardal, Matt Lucas, good. I think good. next week's going to be the tester for him because I've loved Nardal in this so far, mm-hmm. in this series. But we haven't got much of him. But next week he's in it proper, and he's in a yeah. He's obviously so next week could be the one to see, mm-hmm. you know, how how we get on with him. But I've liked him in it so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bill then. Bill. Bill nice episode for her. I thought. Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a nice episode for her to um, not have to go nuts like she has done. So what I mean is there wasn't a huge amount of range with her in this one. So she was very likable still, very, mm. um, you know, uh, relatable as well, you know, especially in the first half where she's just essentially just mucking around with her new housemates and so on. Um, and then she just played scary, scary. She played scared quite well. Um, and then that was it really. So if we think about the last few episodes before she's, we've had like, really surprised we've had all the questions we've had Mm. quite upset and angry in thin ice yeah Um, in this one she didn't really have to go to those sort of places really she just played it quite i'd imagine for her filming wise it was quite a relatively easy not easy but you know a straightforward performance needed yeah and it was nice that we got to see that other side like you said you know we've, we've sort of seen her and the doctor's relationship grow together but in this one we saw that other side of her life like you said earlier where she has got another life on earth and as much as she loves the doctor and and that this is you know this is her time so that, that again added another side to her character i thought which was good mm. yeah no complaints there and capaldi capaldi very good very awesome. very good yeah awesome as usual really cool pieces of humor injected in there mm. um that really cool uh, uh doctor um uh, sort of interactions with people where he's not scared at all he's more interested and intrigued and like so that scene in the kitchen where harry is really petrified and he's confused as to why the doctor isn't scared and the Mm. doctor just sort of nonchalant he's like don't be scared he's like why not he's like it doesn't help (laughs) you know he's in his sort of of investigatory (laughs) uh mode so yeah all these interactions with the younger cast really cool really nice and funny and then at the end where he's playing detective and he's piecing together all the stuff just really cool and then that final scene with the vault just so interesting and so yeah i don't know just great writing on this in the series really good yeah he's he's definitely become the doctor i wanted to see you know when we've talked about capaldi's doctor before this series died and what we wanted to see and hope to see from him and but he's definitely become the doctor that i wanted to, to see on screen yeah so really good very cool Right, um, let's rattle on with our... Actually, before we get on to reviews, um, the binaural edition. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, yeah. It came out on iPlayer. So I obviously jumped on there uh, after watching the episode. And um, for those of you that didn't catch our little 
talk on it last week, the BBC have put out this special audio mix called a binaural edition where the sound mix has been done uh, specifically for people listening with headphones. So it's got this real nice 3D space where the sound effects are, they've got height to them as well as depth and the sound stage is quite, you know, open and it's meant to immerse you a bit more. Um, I thought it was pretty good, actually. I, I did watch a few scenes of the normal version versus the binaural version and there's definitely quite a big difference there in the way the mix has been uh, has been put forward and uh, I, ho- I hope they do more of them I hope they do the rest of the series in those because it, it does it especially an episode like this because there are a few times where you heard um, the landlord landlord's voice sort of right behind you across mm. like the right side of you and like some of the creaking floorboards and stuff they appear sort of real far off to the left and and like the little scratching sounds, they appear sort of almost like the top of near your head, near the top of your head, and so on. So it was a real sort of, I wouldn't say it wouldn't blow you away. It's not like, you know, you feel like you're in a sort of a 360 <laughs> uh, environment, but it does enhance the audio quite a lot. It was, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was the perfect episode to do it with, mm. wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I'm a bit like you. I thought it was a really nice idea. Um, and at first I couldn't, I was thinking, okay, I uh, can't really tell the difference. But the best, if you just sit in a, literally sit in a dark room with your headphones on, mm. it works brilliantly. Um, like you said, and it, yeah, it's little things like that. Like you said, like you could sort of feel like people, like when they're at the door and all their friends are behind you, the sort of sounds, the way they've mixed it, it feels like you're at the front and they're behind mm. you and stuff like that. So it was very interesting. Um, the only thing, yeah, I suppose the music, because it's still mixed with the music on top, um, that kind of, I don't know, seemed to jar with the mix to me a little bit. I don't know if you felt like that because, because it, does feel like you're in the room once you've sort of got about five ten minutes in the episode you're sort of you're getting your head around the way the mm-hmm. sounds are mixed so then when the music comes in just sometimes it would slightly take me out i was almost thinking would have been quite interesting to have had just real minimal like yeah. take it almost take the music off and just have it as if you are actually in that scene so that's the only thing i would say but it was really nice to to have a variation on the episode to watch um, like you said, just to make it a bit different. So, yeah, it's good. I hope they do more of them. It would be really cool if they did. Yeah, and it was a good job that Murray Gold's music was quite atmospheric and not yes. big booming themes in this one as well. So, Definitely, yeah. Uh, anything else, mate, before our scores? Um, no, I mean, well, the only thing I will say, and this will affect my score, is that the one thing that really bugged me about the episode was that everybody lived. When, as soon as um, she brought the guys back to life, I was like, oh, dear. I didn't. I just didn't think they needed to do that, and it, it it turned a very dark episode. It just it just took the edge off slightly for me. Uh, it just annoyed me. Basically, I was thinking, no, no, we don't need to do. You know, we've done that to death. Oh, it's okay. Everybody lives. Hmm. No, they. She shouldn't have done that. It, it didn't make sense to me either. Um, so that's the only thing that will affect my score because it it annoyed me. I was thinking, no, they. You know, as much as I liked old Harry, <laughs> they they should have remained dead because it just it made it sort of too much of a feel-good ending to what was quite a dark episode. So, yeah. So that brings us on to the scores, basically. That will affect my score. Righto. I think it's me to go first. And I, I am it is. going in with an eight. Right. Yeah. I thought you would. <laughs> so am I. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to take yeah. a, some scores off for the Everybody Lives thing. No. I, well, I am. Uh, oh, I right. think it, as I said, I think it, it was that's what it was very, very, very good episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
yeah, I did. Probably might have gone a bit higher, but because the everything lived thing annoyed me. But uh, no, it was great. I mean, just David Suchet brings the episode back up for me. So um, it, it was great, mate. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very strong episode. So cool. yeah, I'm with you. It's an eight. Eight. Right. Let's see what our beautiful listeners thought. Um, we had quite a few audio clips in, so we're going to do two at a time. So this is going to be Owen Daly and Loopy Lou. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So, knock, knock. Episode 4, Series 10 by Mike Barlett. I really, really enjoyed this. And I think the main reason for this is Mike, uh, not Mike Barlett, uh, David Suchet. What an actor. I think he is phenomenal. Uh, best thing about Series 10 so far. He was giving such a believable performance and he's just a superb actor. And I would really, really, really love him to be the 13th Doctor. Won't happen, but I think it would be phenomenal if he was the 13th Doctor. His performance was beautiful, and especially at the end, sometimes I find it hard to believe old people crying, but he just sold it to me, and I thought he was, it was beautiful. Really, really well acted. I thought the side cast in this episode were really great. All of them were believable, especially Harry, um, the, the teenager the Doctor sided with, and I'm really sad that they cut the scene where they... Uh, explained that he's actually Harry Sullivan's grandson because I think that would have been a really nice nod to the classic era but I think he should have joined the Doctor and Bill at the end of this episode because I thought he had a really great bond with Peter Capaldi and it was fantastic finally the enhanced audio I I, I watched that version because I missed it going out live and about halfway through I went hey this doesn't sound any different and then I realised that I was such a dope and I didn't even click on the enhanced audio version so yeah Halfway, the other, I watched the other half with the enhanced audio and it sounded brilliant and it's something I think they should do more often in Doctor Who so overall knock knock superb great episode I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 I think this could be my favourite of series 10 so far thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show a brilliant modern gothic tale David Suchet made this episode he was incredible as always his character showed so many layers in such a short time he was just amazing Fun fact, uh, Mariah Gale, who played Eliza, she played Ophelia to David Tennant's Hamlet, which we saw another incredible actor in this episode. So that was great to see. Yeah, a great Whovian twist on the traditional haunted house type horror. My favourite episode so far this series, without a doubt, 10 out of 10. Nice one. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, guys. 10 out of 10 already. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Wow. Uh, Over on Twitter, then. Um, Ultimate Pike fan says it was fantastic. David Suchet was incredible. Series 10 is still going strong. Uh, Mr. Dalek Emperor says a well-written horror story, but the teens being returned at the end was a bit of a cop-out as they weren't eaten by the bugs. Yes. Yes. Uh, He also notes on the um, the interesting moment in the episode where Bill asked the Doctor about regeneration and so on. Um, Sarah Louise Baggett says four out of four. Oh, four or four, okay. As in series four or four. Yes, uh, David yeah. Suchet's portrayal of the Lander was perfect. Sinister early on with so emotional at the end, uh, loving the PMP dynamic. Uh, Peter and Pearl. And Pearl. Yes. yes. Uh, Ollie Tanner says, awesome. Suchet was phenomenal. I like the support cast. My only issue was how they all come back to life at the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 9.5. Mm. Um, before we go on to Facebook, more audio clips. We're going to do Joe Sweeney and uh, the Theta Sigma podcast. Oh, Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. Not Knock, I would say, is um, quite a half-decent story. I liked how it was very dark and, and there's plenty of scary moments. And I enjoy watching Peter Capaldi. I thought he was brilliant um, in this episode and and in this series 
overall and and in this story it really follows his doctor a lot um bill she was good but for the first 10 minutes she slightly annoyed me when she was trying to get rid of the doctor when all he was doing was just investigating and the young guest stars they were okay but they were forgettable but the one who stole the sh- but the one who stole the show was 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 david Suchet. i really liked how his character was quite dark and, and a little bit sinister but you can understand why he did all those things to to keep his mother alive i thought that was really well done but but the monsters i found were a bit meh so overall a good story so i'll give a score of um a seven um a, um a seven out of no um 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 i'll give it um, a seven and a half out of ten. Hope you do a podcast, guys. See you soon. Take care. Bye bye for now. The pre-credit sequence to this week's show is spot on. A speedy introduction to the other five stereotypical students who will be house sharing with Bill, a creaky old house for them to share along with a creepy landlord, and an unseen and unexplained death all before the credits roll. Yes, this is horror by numbers, but that doesn't matter as there's just enough interest to keep the viewer watching. Fully in the knowledge, of course, that some of the redshirt students are going to die, although we don't know how or when. But that's the very thing that does keep us watching. And indeed, it's the hidden death of the first student that finally hooks the viewer into the episode. I also love that Bill is now confident enough to ask the doctor to help her move. But as we're to see later, she's completely embarrassed by him when around her new friends. Loving, too, that it's the doctor that introduced Bill to regeneration, or at least starts to, during their conversation about his being a Time Lord. Does the Doctor know something we don't? Well, I mean, we do, but we didn't know that the Doctor knew, if you get my meaning. We also have another reminder of Bill's sexuality, with Paul's unsuccessful attempt to seduce her being more humorous than tacky for the viewer. Now, I'm sure there'll be those out there who would object to this scene, but I can't think why. It's well written and brilliantly acted. And speaking of brilliantly acted, David Suchet is amazing in this story. I've got to say that I've not felt like this about a guest star since the days of Sir Derek Jacobi's Professor Yana. The landlord is oil-slick smooth as well as outstandingly creepy at the same time, and that's a testament to Suchet's acting ability. Then we have Capaldi at his very best in that closing scene. Bringing a Mexican dinner to the vault room, we have our humour, and then opening the vault doors, we have that look of near horror on the Doctor's face before we cut to the next time trailer. Is Doctor Who getting back to where it should be? Maybe. Yes, I think it is. Maybe it is. Mm. I, would, I would say it is. Uh, right, let's rattle through Facebook then. Uh, George Coppin, very well-written story and very creepy. Uh, David was by far the best thing about the episode. Um, I feel sorry for him. And you know you have a good actor when they can do uh, being creeped out. Uh, eight out of ten. Mm. Uh, Greg Toby, the creepiest episode of Who since Blink. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this one well acted well scripted um all in all another great episode so far in this amazing series looking forward to hearing your thoughts eight out of ten uh miles mckenzie great story very creepy and great acting from pearl and peter once again david suchet was amazing as the landlord um and as was bill's housemates they were great too only thing i change is the ending and uh only let uh, one or two of bill's housemates live it kind of ruins the general creepiness uh he says the 3d sound was amazing uh, eight mm. out of ten. Uh, Rob Kernick. I, I waited till the enhanced version was released of the episode, and it was certainly worth it. Uh, this is fantastic, really incredible, the best yet, atmospheric, 
Uh, great characters and story, and they're all amazing. The ending was, uh, once again, super quick and didn't want to explain much, which is what reduced its score slightly. Nine out of ten. Oh, okay. Uh, Neil Monday, a great story, the wonderful car. Suchet was sublime as the landlord. Capaldi really shined, being Bill's granddad. Uh, mm. Could have been a little bit more scary, though. 7.5. Okay. Uh, Joseph Howarth, probably the best I've seen of Series 10 so far. Honestly reminds me of Ghostlight or Philip Hinchcliffe's story. Yeah. Uh, and the Tom Baker's era because it's very creepy cre- uh, creepy and atmospheric and it had me on the edge of my seat, especially when one of the kids is revealed to be nothing but a wooden slab on part <laughs> of the wall. Uh, he gives it a 9 out of 10. Mm. Um, Sammy Satine, good episode. Why did everyone have to live though? Bloody Moffat. Uh, they ruined <laughs> the story for me and Series 10 was doing well with the death being the final thing. 7 out of 10 from Sammy. Mm. Yeah, I agree, Sammy. Uh, Jake Burtwistle says, four good episodes in a row. Uh, what is Doctor Who coming to? I really mm. liked it. Uh, and it was extremely creepy, very tense. Um, uh, the only thing that let it down was the fact that Doctor felt a bit too serious, nine-ish for me. Uh, but overall, great episode, 8.5. Mm. Uh, Jason Thayer, great story. This was the best season. This has been the best season in a while. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Kevin Mullin, a masterpiece and another 10 out of 10. Ooh. Connor McHale I thought this was an okay episode but not one that I will want to watch over and over again I found the enhanced version a bit disappointing I think it was because Big Finish used the same kind of audio so I was just used to their audio style 6 out of 10 fair enough finally on Facebook Lewis Palmer enjoyed it a lot took a few viewings but it's really well written story I didn't like um, all but two of the supporting characters but on repeat viewings that didn't bother me too much Suchet was excellent really enjoyed the atmosphere Eliza was a good character uh the binaural version was well worth a listen, added a lot more to the episode. Overall, great story, 7 out of 10. Mm. And let's do our final couple of audio clips. This is going to be Ollie Cowley and Jay Kent. Hello, Gary and Adam. I hope you're well. Uh, so knock, knock. After three hours, a total of three hours on screen, I'm already taking for granted what a great actress uh, Paul Mackey is. Um, I think Knock Knock is definitely my favourite of episode of series 10 and probably of the Capaldi era as a whole. Uh, I, I really liked it. I thought Bill and her mates were great characters. And after one episode of them, I cared about them more than any of the characters uh, in class. Uh, Harry in particular, I think it was called Harry, the one was with, that was with the Doctor. I thought he was particularly great and I would like to see him return later on in the series. Uh, it was it was very well directed. I really like how it you know built up the fear of the episode, um, and what I really like is how the scariness the scariness of Doctor Who is back. I thought those moments with the cockroaches in particular, you know, I was particularly uh, scared by that. Uh, the it was a brilliant twist. I really understood the uh, the characters' motives at the end there, and with I think probably one of the best guest performances of Doctor Who of all time with David Suchet. Uh, uh, a lot of people didn't like the ending of all the characters coming back to life. I, you know, I, I mean, there are children watching, I suppose. Uh, overall, a nine out of ten. I really, really loved it. Bye-bye. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Jay. And how are you, Gary and Adam? Now, Knock, Knock was, I found, a terrific scare episode that did precisely what it needed to. The imagery used of people being stuck between the walls and lice crawling out of people's mouths and into their ears was plenty enough to make me audibly just go... I'll give it its credit. It's been the first episode since Silence in the Library to make me uneasy and actually give me trouble sleeping with the imagery used. And what makes it even better was the fact that the villain didn't need to be 
spookier than he already was because the visuals delivered plenty enough already. Talking of, I am so thankful David Suchet wasn't wasted in this role like guest stars are known for in Doctor Who, but his role as the landlord was fulfilling and brilliant, the character itself was wonderfully developed and his motives were believable. One thing I will say, the ending was rushed with quite a few ends to tug on which could make the episode fall apart. What exactly was Eliza's reason for killing the landlord again? Why didn't she remember that he was her son? When the house collapsed and pointlessly regurgitated Bill's flatmates, why didn't the victims from previous times come out too? And most importantly, why couldn't you hear the fireworks before the curtains were opened? Were we supposed to believe that these are some sort of soundproof fireworks? What a blunder. But these can be overlooked because the tension and atmosphere that the episode built in the run-up to the ending is enough to make it brilliant for me. I'll give Knock Knock an 8 out of 10. Hope you're doing well, lads, and I'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be able to look at that scene with the fireworks the same way. It's a very good point, isn't it? Soundproof. (laughs) (laughs) Very thick curtains, Jay. That's the answer. Indeed. So (laughs) thank you, Owen, Louise, Joe, Theta Sigma, Ollie, and Jay Kent. Your reviews are always entertaining, and uh, thank you so much for sending those in. No more comments on Facebook. Did you have anything on the Geek Sandbag? Probably a raft of... Yes, had a few on the geeks. Um, so yeah, Cat Wheeler said it uh, didn't creep her out at all, but uh, she did enjoy it. Christopher Thompson said weak conclusion to an otherwise superbly scary story. Mm. Mm. Uh, Dean Jones says it's his favourite episode of the series so far. I thought David Suchet was excellent. Uh, Ash White also said it was a fantastic episode. Back to the good old days of Who, like the Tom Baker and McCoy era. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Andy Spencer gives it a thumbs up. Um, and basically just overall yeah I was going to say looking for you had quite a few thanks for all your comments guys overall it's just very positive so there's a couple of people at the start weren't so impressed with the ending I think was the main issue um, and over on Twitter on the poll I had 3% said it was poor 8% said it was average 31% said it was good and 58% said it was excellent so okay. pretty much a thumbs up I'd say mate wouldn't you I would say an overall yes very positive Thumbs yeah. up. I think we had a load of nines and uh, eights, nines, a few 10 out of 10s as well. So uh, series 10, doing the business still. Still. Why yep. did, just one last thing. Why do you reckon they changed the title very late in the day? Because it was initially called The Haunted Hub. Oh, yeah. And it was changed um, to not got quite quite late on. And what, what do you reckon? Yeah. Haunted uh, Hub. Haunted Hub, which, yeah. which do you prefer, Knock Knock or Haunted Hub? I prefer Knock Knock because, yeah. you know, it links into a little bit of the, a couple of the conversations, you know, and the Doctor's sarcastic, you know, Knock Knock jibes and stuff. But, yeah, The Haunted yeah. Hub, yeah, it doesn't sound right. No, I agree. Yes. Uh, and I think we're going to do that for one for one. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us and sticking with us for another longish show these bloody series 10 episodes you see if they weren't so good yeah we wouldn't have <laughs> it's it's the moth's fault if he wasn't churning out good stuff at the minute then our sure our shows would be a lot shorter i'm sure 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 this is true indeedy uh next week of course you probably all know that we will be reviewing adam it's <gasps> <gasps> taking a deep breath <laughs> we are reviewing of course the next episode which is called oxygen yes uh, Doctor Who back to uh, outer space yeah. on Very spaceships and spacesuits and stuff. 
So interesting that one. Wonder how that one's going to pan out. Yeah. A bit more Nardole action, I think. Yeah. For that one. Uh, but yes, so look out for the Facebook uh, post and Twitter and all that stuff. Get your reviews in. Thank you so much for uh, your reviews so far for Series 10. All been really cool and your audio stuff. Really, really cool. We very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much to um, uh, a bunch of people that have sent in iTunes reviews recently as well. We had another a bunch land on there the last week or so. Very kind words. Thank you so much. It really helps us. Thank you. Thank you. So head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous episodes on there. Plus, you can it links off to all of the uh, social stuff, so you can give us a follow and a like and all that jazz. And there's also subscribe buttons on there. So depending on how you listen, if you want to listen on the website, that's absolutely fine. But if you're an iTunes listener or you've got some sort of podcast app on your phone or whatever, there's buttons on there you can link off and do that. And if you are an iTunes listener, a review and a rating would be awesome because it really helps us. Uh, also check out the Geeks Handbag Adam's channel over on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter just do a search for the Geeks Handbag you know the drill subscribe send me free stuff follow yeah send him free stuff if you can because <laughs> <laughs> he's quite lazy you see he won't ask you no it's too much to write an email <laughs> too much on mate yeah that's it busy man there you go uh, so yes we'll be back next week for episode 142 with more Doctor Who news and all that jazz and reviewing Oxygen. Mm. So until then, my name's Gary. <gasps> my name's Adam. And remember, <laughs> uh, uh.